We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Hot Radio 77. WBC. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our hometown. At least it is for uh, Sydney and myself. We grew up in New York City. Sydney, closer to the action uh, yesterday, the horrendous action, I might point out, uh, here on the Bernie and Sid Show. It is hump day, happy hump day, uh, Wednesday, of course, but not so happy. Not so happy. The uh, thug is still on the loose. The uh, what? I don't know. Terrorist? I don't know. What the hell he is? Oh, God, don't call him that, please. He's just another angry black man who's got a bone to pick with society, and he went out there and committed a racist crime. So, how, how about this? Please. He, how about this? He's a black nationalist terrorist. Oh, fine. That's fine. But, you know, what? for me, okay, I guess. Okay, well, there you go. I, I guess. Mean, so. I mean, I guess. I mean, if you, if you shoot a bunch of people, uh, you could be a quote-unquote terrorist, but... I, for me, I just reserve that for people who are out there for some religious cause, uh, something a little larger than, hey, I'm 63, I'm a black man, I've been treated poorly, and I'm going to go shoot some people because I'm pissed off. Yeah, well, if uh, if you were patient a little bit, I would have gotten to the uh, black man, the black nationalist stuff. and uh, yeah, it, it, it could Look, if, if he was wearing a turban, you would call this a terrorist attack. That's true. Look, would you not? I, I, yes, right, I so would. He's wearing a dashiki or whatever the hell it is, or he has a history, uh, as the guy with the turban might have, of supporting ISIS and uh, you know all things uh, jihad. You'd say he was terrorist. Well, this guy apparently, it's not. Uh, they're not talking about it on the fake news, but he has a, a, a social media history of posting uh, black supremacists, a black nationalist. Uh, uh, rants online, yeah, yeah. and so in so that, that sense, he's no different than the the ISIS guy. I uh, guess, so, yeah, yeah. So anyway, and then uh, to that point, as as far as uh, well, anyway, he's on the loose right now, and uh, you know, we, we could go through the details. I would imagine that most people know about the details. Uh, he dropped his keys to the van at the crime scene. They found the uh, the van at uh, you know Gravesend of all places, like Gravesend Kings Highway. Uh, and, uh, well, yeah, again, he's still on the loose. He's from uh, maybe Philadelphia. He's got roots in Wisconsin. And uh, the fact that he hasn't himself, they're calling him a person of interest. Well, the fact that he hasn't himself contacted the police confirms that he is the perp. He's the suspect. Otherwise, he'd contact the police by now. He's the guy. There's no question about it. Frank James is his name, and he's out there. And uh, as far as let's just uh, drill down to, uh, you know, the, the this aspect, this race aspect, because it's a big deal. I mean, if he was a white guy with, uh, say, a red hat, uh, they'd be talking about it. he's a white guy with a red hat. Well, initially you had the police commissioner, Sewell, 
She described the guy earlier in the day, Cut One Lou. This is the way she described him. Take a listen. We will describe him as an individual. He is being reported as a male black, approximately five feet, five inches tall with a heavy build. He was wearing a green construction type vest and a hooded sweatshirt. So that was it. He's a black male uh, with the green helmet, et cetera, et cetera. But the fake news all day long, all over the place, local, national, you would never know he was uh, black, white, green, purple, nothing. Cut two. This is uh, MSNBC. Your girl, Nicole Wallace. Play it, Lou, please. They're looking for a man believed to be about five foot five, 180 pounds, who wore a green construction vest over a gray hooded sweatshirt during the attack. Yeah, but was he, uh, you know, did he have uh, olive skin? Did he have white skin? Did he have red skin? Did he have black skin? You'd never know. That's just a, a random sample of what you got all day long. Now, the media and these people like that woman there in MSNBC, they, they do nothing but obsess over race. But in this case, well, we'll just leave out the race. I mean, so what is going on? CNN, I mean, they, they knew better, but John King was so timid about it on CNN. This is the way he described the perp, the suspect, Frank James, the black male, as Keechan Sewell called him. Uh, cut three, Lou, please. Some very important things that we learned. Number one, most importantly, the suspect is still at large. He is described as a heavy set black gentleman, uh, approximately five foot five inches. Yeah, the way he just sort of black gentleman. Uh, yeah. don't, don't come after me. Uh, uh, you know, woke, woke, woke towards. Please don't come after me. Uh, but he did, say, he, he did say black, though. So he did. We'll give him that. Yeah, right. absolutely. I, mean, I would I would not have described the guy after a unprovoked shooting as a gentleman. Black guy would have been fine. Black perp. Uh, gentleman, uh, I wouldn't use that word, but he did say black, so I can't knock him. He said it. So, uh, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? Other than that, said <laughs> Arthur Rosenberg, how are you this morning? Listen, I, I'm I'm great. You know, I, I had a nice day, and um, you know, the Nets won last night, which uh, I like. The Mets and Yankees both won last night, which I like. But being that you and I do politics for the most part, and uh, neither one of us are big Kathy Hochul fans, as you know, I saw her speak at the Harvard Club a couple of weeks ago on how to be restrained by Lydia Serrani and uh, the rabbi from getting up and starting to yell at her. And um, on a political front, it was a good day because it could not have been a worse day for the governor between the, the shooting in Brooklyn, between her lieutenant governor being arrested. So with Andrew Giuliani set to join us at 7 o'clock with Rob Astorino on this show quite often, my guy Lee Zeldin on this show quite often. If you're a Republican living in New York City and you'd like to see some changes, then on a positive note, it could not have been a worse day for Governor Hochul than yesterday. And, and not only that, every single one of her appearances, she is not cut out for this job. No. Get her the hell out. She is no leader whatsoever. She sounds terrible. We have to stop. The ca- Shut up, Grandma. I mean, she's just no. She's not the lady. Get her out. She is wrong. She's. She, I have no confidence whatsoever in her ability to lead us in any way, shape, or form. You know, Luke. Let's cut, cut down to a cut thirty-two. Uh, cut thirty-two. Here she is talking about uh, the aforementioned Brian Benjamin, who did resign. Now, she she said to she's a careful process to pick Lieutenant Governor Brian Benjamin. And mind you, uh, as I and other people and you pointed out, Sid, uh, this guy was a big-time Black uh, Black Lives Matter proponent. Yep. In other words, he hates the cops. He's just a radical leftist, and she still picked him anyway. And she's, I, I vetted him, and uh, there's going to be no corruption a la you know, uh, uh, Andrew Cuomo, et cetera, et cetera. 
I'll cut 32, Lou. This is what she said yesterday about uh, Brian Benjamin. I have utmost confidence in my lieutenant governor. This is really an independent <laughs> investigation related to other people, and he's fully cooperating. He's fully, he better be fully cooperating. Oh, they got him. He was in jail. They got him. Are you kidding me? They got him. The money trail, the whole deal with the investor in uh, in Harlem and giving him money based on a favor. And they got him. He's dead. Just another long line of Democrats. I, mean, I spoke to Frank Morano this morning. You know, he's been here a long time, just like you. I haven't. I spent 16 years in Boca Raton. I wasn't here, for example, Bernie, when Skelos got arrested and Silver got arrested and the rest of these guys. And I said, outside of a couple of guys, including Skelos, they're all Democrats. He said, but wait a second. New Yorkers vote Democrats. I said, well, you wait a second. Maybe it's time they didn't. I mean, how many how many different scandals do you need? Cuomo, Spitzer, Benjamin. How many do you need before you start to figure out, A, they're getting nothing done, and B, they're a bunch of crooks? Yeah. I, I mean, it, it, couldn't, it shouldn't be that hard. really should not be. But, yeah, the Albany is, uh, is, uh, is a worse... Albeit a smaller one, but it's a worse swamp than Washington D.C. Always has been. This guy and he committed his, uh, you know, his crimes when he was state senator. Uh, doesn't matter, whatever. He still committed the crimes. She should have known it. it. It should have been, you know, common knowledge in Albany. It was only what a few months ago that she picked this guy. And she this, knew at that time already uh, the FBI absolutely. was looking at him. You know, that's right. And what this is going to do to Bernie is something that I've been talking about for weeks now. This whole deal with her husband, Bill, and that whole crooked deal with the Buffalo Bills and the concessions, let me tell you, that's also going to come back to her now, too, because they're going to start to look closer now. Benjamin gets arrested, crooked deal with the husband, the concessionaire at the Buffalo Bill football stadium. So now that becomes an even uglier story, trust me, on the back end of the Benjamin arrest. Yeah, we have, uh, believe it or not, uh, audio galore of her even defending that yesterday. We'll get to that a little bit later. But uh, back to the uh, the the scene of the crime. Uh, how do, uh, can you believe the cameras were not working in the subway station? <laughs> the cameras, the damn cameras, not working. Well, I mean, you talk about a dysfunctional city. For God's sakes, job number one is get all the cameras working in every damn subway station in the city. Any any camera that the city runs. Get that thing up. That's how we solve crimes these days. But yet, if Bernie McGurk is driving from Long Island to New York City, and God forbid he passes a yellow light on 53rd Street, that camera works just fine, and that ticket arrives in the mail right on time. But in something like this, where 10 people get shot, we have no camera use. No camera use. It's really it's, it's mind-boggling. And the fact that this guy is still out there, look, this guy's no rocket scientist. This guy is a, he's a dummy is what he is. He's no mastermind that we haven't caught him yet, that he's eluded and evaded our, the FBI, the NYPD. By the way, if the FBI wasn't out there, you know, uh, uh, sending 30 agents to the, uh, you know, investigate the NASCAR news hoax and trying to frame people for, you know, kidnappings and uh, riots at the Capitol, uh, maybe they would have had this guy. Uh, the Daily Mail's reporting that this guy, uh, Frank James, was on the FBI radar f- uh, up until 2019 when they decided, just like the uh, Sarnayev brothers, yes. when they decided, ah, you know what, no problem, let's, 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 uh, let's ignore him from now on. He was on their radar. He was, he was, he, they were actively watching him up until 2019, according to the Daily Mail. Uh, so... Uh, I mean, it's just disaster after disaster. I think it was funny, too, that he was just, uh, and this is another major part of this story, he uh, was so critical of Mayor Eric Adams. And, uh, look, I know Eric Adams has COVID. I get it. 
And I think the, the issue with COVID becomes you don't want to get somebody else sick. That's great. Congratulations. You're a better human being than I am. But if you're the mayor of New York City and 10 people just got shot on the subway, take an extra Tylenol, down a bunch of Motrin, and show up at the goddamn subway station and act like the mayor and don't worry about the two or three people that may get a cold if you show up. Or stay the hell out of the way. I mean, he just got in the way yesterday, even at the big press conference after 7 o'clock last night. They had to wait because they could. They had technical problems getting this dude up on Zoom. And then when he did speak, he said nothing. He said nothing whatsoever. And that might be good because uh, just one last uh, piece of audio here, cut four, uh, from, his, from Gracie Mansion in his $1,000 suit. He was on CNN, and he was kind of contradicting himself. A cut for Lou, Eric Adams on CNN yesterday at about, I'd say, 4.30 yesterday. Go ahead. It's a preliminary investigation. Uh, this is terror of someone attempted to terrorize our system. Uh, they brought in what appears to be some form of smoke device. Uh, they discharged a weapon. And so um, I don't want to be premature in identifying if this was or was not. So he just he, he did identify it as terror. And then he says he doesn't want to be, be premature. So whatever. He added nothing to the conversation. No, no insight. Nothing like that. But uh, anyway, the, the blessing yesterday was, of course, that the shooter, this Frank James, uh, his gun jammed. Uh, I mean, that really saved a lot of lives. And then it seemed, uh, you know, he got confused or whatever. And then he just ran the hell out, dropped the keys and uh, whatever. I guess he had extra keys because the van ended up all the way uh over at Gravesend from Sunset Park. But anyway, as Sid mentioned, we're going to talk with uh, Curtis Sliwa. We're going to talk to Andrew Giuliani. We're going to talk to Peter King, all great New Yorkers. And uh, did you say Lee Zeldin as well, Sidney? No, 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 not today. Today will be okay. uh, Andrew Giuliani, yes. yes. All right. So, no, uh, what, I, I did, what I did say was that uh, today's a good day for all three of those guys, Astorino, Zeldin, and Giuliani, because of the disastrous day that Kathy Hochul oh. had yesterday. I see. Yeah, no, no question about it. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. By the way, as I mentioned yesterday at the end of the show, I love the New York Times. His name is going to remain on the ballot. This guy uh, uh, Benjamin, even though he resigned, so it's going to be. It's going to remind people when they go to the booth, the booth, as they say back in my hood, the booth with an F at the end, uh, of his connection to Kathy Hochul for whatever that's worth. Other news, of course, the inflation is out of control, man, and. Uh, as Joe Biden was, you know, talking, trying to blame Putin for inflation, even though this is the seventh month in a row that it broke a record. Seventh month. When did we invade uh, Ukraine? About a month and a half ago? Yeah, about 50 uh, days ago, yes. Yeah. What do you mean we? The Russians. I, I didn't we. mean we. Yeah, of course, the Russians. <laughs> right. When did we have the invasion? Okay, so while he was doing it, while he was blaming Putin, a bird crapped on uh, Joe Biden yesterday in <laughs> Iowa. Uh, so, uh, I mean... Uh, it's just oh, beautiful. God. On the Bernie and Sid Show, we got a lot, oh. folks. We're all over it. We got it all here on the Bernie and Sid Show on 77 WABC. If you want to weigh in, 1-800-848-9222. We're coming right back. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Are there any questions? I'm wondering why we have to stand outside in the freezing cold when we could be in a warm office. Mm-hmm. 
Warren C. Vaughn with the classic knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. That first voice you heard, of course, in that audio clip was President Donald Trump. Before he was president, he was the host of The Apprentice and Celebrity Apprentice. And that second voice you heard was a very, very good friend who died at the age of 67 years old yesterday, Gilbert Gottfried. And uh, the story goes like this. You've heard Gilbert on with me and Bernie many, many, many times. And he's even performed at some of our events. But uh, years ago, and Bernie, you know this story, I was uh, down in, uh, my, in Miami doing the morning show. And uh, Greg Charles, you know Greg from uh, Caroline's Co- uh, Comedy Club. Uh, yes, right? I do. Yes, great guy. Loves you and I. Came to me and he said, uh, listen, Gilbert is performing at Gulfstream, the track down in Hallandale, and he wants to come on. I said, sure, I love Gilbert. And I said, but you have to understand, this station, the guys that own this station are like Bible Belt guys. You know, they don't want to hear anything sexual, no cursing. I couldn't do this stuff, for example, Bernie, that you heard me do later in my Florida career at this particular radio stop. And Greg said, Greg said, no problem. You know, he's a professional. Don't worry about it. I said, okay, great. So uh, Gilbert comes on that morning and on the air, I made this mistake. You know, when you tell a child, Bernie, not to do something, what does that child do right away? Exactly what you told him not to do, Sydney. Bang. So Gilbert comes out. I go, Gilbert, I've had the discussion with Greg. I know you. I love you. But you got to do me a favor on this show that you're on right now. Please, please don't curse. And all he did for the next 10 minutes was repeat the words penis and vagina in succession. I swear to God, Bunny, that's all he did. He had one filthy joke using the C word. I I, I hung up after 10 minutes ago. Greg, what? Are you trying to get me fired? Long story short, my uh, program director there ended up loving it. And then when I got uh, let go and I came back to New York, the very first appearance I ever did, Bernie, Leslie Slender, the lovely and beautiful Leslie Slender, wanted to do an event for me and a sports event. So you may remember my first event was at the New York Yankees Steakhouse. I'm not even sure they're still in business. And it was a sports night. And Leslie Are you said, talking about Central Park South? I think so, right? Is that where it was, Bern? Yeah, yeah. There was a yeah, there was a Yankee Steakhouse. Right, exactly, yes. I uh, think yeah, so, yeah. We, we did a lot. Uh, they advertise a lot uh, with uh, Imus. And, uh, yeah. We did, we did stuff with them. Yeah, that, that was it, yeah. I think they had this, the, the restaurant for a while there, Bernie, to your point, inside Yankee Stadium. That was one of the, one of the uh, locations. Uh, at any rate, uh, she said, put together a list of celebrities, which I did. Uh, it was Chaz Palminteri. Kimberly Gilfoyle came that night. And I'll tell you a funny story, Bernie. She showed up that night with the guy. I forgot his name. But he was the guy, you may remember, who dated Sophia Vi- uh, Viagra and ended up suing her over her embryos. Remember that story? Oh, yeah, that's right. They were they were on ice. Yes. And he was like, uh, <laughs> that's right. I, I want those. Literally. Uh, because he didn't, want the, he didn't want her to have... His child. He was a multi-billionaire or whatever, something like that. That's right. So they were together that night, Kimberly and this guy, Chance Palminteri, and the aforementioned Gilbert Gottfried. Now, Gilbert showed up, and everybody went to Gilbert to perform, but he was there with his wife, and he was quiet. And I'm like, Gilbert, just give me five minutes. That's all I want is five minutes. You were kind enough to show up. Give me five minutes. Long story short, he was up there for like 10, 15 minutes. Couldn't get him off the stage, and he was terrific. And that started this New York relationship where he would come on with you and I often. Every time he did a big show at Caroline's, Greg Charles would bring Gilbert Gottfried into the old studios by Madison Square Garden. He would sit in with me and Bernard, and he was great. And he became a really, really good friend. And then he just died yesterday, and... I don't think anybody even knew he was sick, but he was sick for quite some time. In fact, well, during COVID, I, they said he shouldn't travel. Well, you and I knew there was something wrong with him because he was extremely frail. I mean, yeah. just... But he was always know, like that, Bernie, even, but, but, even but 10 even years more, ago. 
He even he was just like a like an eighty year old man the way yep. they had to direct him around and you know just his movements were very very slow and labored. Uh, but he, but other than that, you're right. Officially, nobody knew he was sick except the, the, just to look at him. You would say, "Oh my God, what's wrong with this poor guy?" But anyway, he was so yes. I mean, I got to love him and like him myself based on his appearances with you and me. In the studio, it was uh, it was a great relationship, and it was very very sad to hear that yesterday. They're showing a picture right now. Of course, you can watch this great radio show. Bernie tells you all the time after the radio show is done at wabcradio.tv, wabcradio.tv. Eric Salas and the crew do a great job. They just posted a picture of Gilbert, and Bernie's right. He was like this frail, little old guy. You know, maybe about four foot ten, weighed about eighty pounds, but he was so filthy. Imagine being twice as filthy as Bob Saget. For example, this was one of Gilbert Gottfried's go-to jokes. A guy walks into a bar. Joan Rivers is the bartender. He sees a sign over the bar that reads, "Cheese sandwich a dollar fifty, hand job ten dollars." He says to Joan Rivers. Are you the one that gives the hand jobs? Joan says, "Yes, I am." He says, "Well, watch your hands. I want a cheese sandwich." <laughs> there you go. And that was uh, after we <laughs> lost Joan Rivers. He was a guy who would go, uh, "Not too soon, Gilbert. Never too soon." He actually got fired. Remember, he was doing the Aplac commercials, and he was making a lot of money. A lot of money. And uh, he he would make fun of one catastrophe, and, and and I mean a lot of deaths after another. He just that was just Gilbert. That was just him. Well, of course the Affleck, uh, he played the Affleck duck. But he, the thing, the catastrophe was the Japanese tsunami. Yes, he made fun of it. I forget what the joke was, but it was very funny. But uh, they cut him loose from the Affleck thing, and that was that was that was his big money maker. Yeah, and it really uh, I think that took the wind out of his sails. I think that really hurt him. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, he was the voice of a character in the movie Aladdin, among many other things. Just but greatest, uh, best known, of course, and uh, he excelled at being a stand-up comic. Just hilarious, funny. He was just great, and his laugh was so damn infectious. Really was. Uh, uh, he was uh, also but, that movie he did, Bernard Aristocrats, was a huge success. He was in Beverly Hills Cop. Don't forget with Eddie Murphy and a bunch of other stuff, a ton of stuff. But Aristocrats was really his uh, his go-to piece. Corey Zelnick, our dear friend, the very handsome real estate mogul, checks in. He says the steakhouse was by Rockefeller Center. Mickey Mantles was on Central Park Center. Oh, right. It was Mickey Mantles. Of Central. Uh, that's right. Very good, uh, Corey. Thank you. There you go. He knows his real estate. So uh, I know it's, it's, uh, it's a pretty solemn day with the Brooklyn shooting and uh, what's going on in Albany. And uh, that just kind of made it worse that Gilbert Gottfried passed away. But he did. Gilbert. Godspeed, rest in peace at the age of 67. Yes, indeed. Uh, right now, Curtis Lee was coming up. We're going to speak to Curtis Lee with Andrew Giuliani. We're going to speak to Peter King on the Bernie and Sid show. But right now, it's time for the WABC Clip of the Day. This is Bo Deedle and One Tough Cop on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, take it away, Louie. 
I will not go to Disneyland again. Damn you. What's wrong with Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck? I don't want to know what less than 1% of this country feels and does. The majority of this country want to go to an amusement park and have fun, enjoy their children. I don't need anything to be stuffed down my throat with all this trisexual, I don't need LB, QQ, QBA, whatever the hell else, transformer, translucent. I don't know what the hell they're talking about, and I don't want to know. I don't want my kids being taught this. Don't you understand? All right, Bo Deedle, uh, one tough cop on the Red Apple Podcast Network, folks. It's so, so it's, it's such a good listen. This is Sid on Sports. Oh my goodness! Sponsored by Peerless Boilers on seventy-seven WABC. All right, Bernie, the Nets are moving on as you thought they would. Thirty-four from Kyrie Irving, twenty-five from Kevin Durant. They beat the Cleveland Cavaliers last night, one fifteen to one hundred eight. That sets up a first-round playoff series between the Nets and Boston Celtics, the two-seed. That series starts 3.30 on Sunday. Now, the Cavaliers still have a chance to make the playoffs, even with the loss to the Nets last night. They'll take on the winner of the Hawks, who will play tonight, and the winner of that game gets the top seed, Miami Heat, in the first round of the playoffs. Western Conference, the T-Wolves beat the Clippers 109-104. The T-Wolves now have a date with the Memphis Grizzlies, first round of Western Conference playoff action. And, of course, the Clippers, even with the loss, will take on the winner of San Antonio and New Orleans for the right to take on the reigning champs and top seed Phoenix Suns in the Western Conference. Tyler McGill, who's this guy? Replaced the injured Jacob DeGrom. Had a great start. First game against Washington. Another great start last night. Five scoreless innings. And the Mets had a solo home run. Nimmo drives a deep right field. Castellanos back. Takes a look. And it's out of here. Those extra reps paying off. Brandon Nimmo with his first home run of the season. Gary going on the call, SNY. The Mets beat the Phillies 2-0. Nimmo's first home run. They used four pitchers. Yankees used five pitchers last night behind Nesta Cortez. They shut out the Blue Jays 4-0. Mets and Phillies again today. Yankees and Blue Jays again today. And the Rangers suffered a rough loss to Carolina last night, 4-2. They're now four points behind the, the uh, Hurricanes inside the Metropolitan Division. But another record-setting goal for Chris Kreider. Fox moving, shooting, a deflection. Sam Rosen on the call. Chris Kreider becomes only the fourth New York Ranger ever to score 50 goals in a season. Vic Hatfield, Adam Graves, and Yarmer Yugger, the other three. Sports brought to you by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Check them out today and every day. PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com. I'm Sid with Sports. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Back here in the Bernie and Sid Show, heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app, simulcast down on Eastern Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM. And, uh, well, a lot of news out there, folks, a lot of news, the economy in trouble, inflation, all that stuff. Uh, but the big news in the city here today, of course, is that uh, that, that, that jerk, uh, and worse, the murderer, this crazy man, this maniac who shot up the subway, Yesterday in Brooklyn, he's still on the loose, and who better to talk to about all that than uh, our own colleague right here, the guardian of the subways, the leader of the Guardian Angels, 
Curtis Sliwa. Curtis is in studio. Good morning, Curtis. Uh, good morning, although I heard you bantering back and forth with Sid, talking about, you know, they didn't describe the suspect as a white guy with a red hat. <laughs> that could have been you. Who are you, who are you, re- who are you referring That's to? That's funny. That is funny, Curtis that is Sliwa, true. yeah. yeah exactly no, right. Well, I, I, I was referring a, to you. I spent a lot of time in Sunset Park yesterday uh, from uh, early in the morning, just about when you guys were getting off the well, air. Let me clear this up right here. Just one thing, a lot of speculation, Sunset Park, a, a predominantly Latino yet uh, Asian neighborhood. A lot of, and, lot and of, a lot Chinese, of people speculating lot of that, that that might have been a hate crime against the Asians. Can you just dismiss that right now, uh, Curtis Lewis? I don't, I don't really think so because at 8.30 in the morning, those trains are packed with a lot of young adults going to school because they're going back to school using the trains and a lot of folks going to work. So to be able to pick one car that is predominantly any one ethnic or racial group, particularly in New York City, is pretty hard to do. Well, that makes right. sense because uh, this guy has been on the FBI terror list uh, dating back to 2019. He's had wan things on social media uh, speaking about hate. He's never singled out Asians no. or Jews. He's just an angry black guy, really wanted to kill white people. That, that's what it seemed like to me. Yeah, and uh, what this does, uh, I'll use a term that Eric Adams on Mayor used a few weeks ago. It makes us a laughing stock. It really does. I mean, look at it. You guys mentioned it. None of the video cameras in this very traffic station on 36, which converges three separate lines, the N, the R, the D. So it's a busy station. Work. Neither the train station before nor the train station after. The video cameras work. Yet, I was going into bodegas on 4th Avenue yesterday. Cheap little cameras. All their video capacity works. So you say to yourself... How is it with billions of dollars spent in the MTA, the money-taking agency? They don't have cameras at work. And plus, we have 472 train stations. You want to bet that a lot of those cameras don't work? And we have 6,200 subway cars. How come every one of those cars doesn't have a video camera so that in, in time you could actually see what's going on in these subways as crimes are being committed? Yeah, no, it really is totally inexcusable. Just, uh, just the incompetence uh, on the part of the bureaucracy here in New York City is just stunning. But it shouldn't really be after uh, eight years of de Blasio. But either way, uh, uh, Curtis Lewa, uh, it, it could have been a lot worse. The guy had a 9 millimeter. I mean, apparently uh, he had a hatchet. He had gasoline. Apparently he dropped these things. Something went wrong with his plan because he left all this crap behind. And uh, so what, what do you say? Uh, did, did we, so, so to speak, uh, pun not intended, dodge a bullet with this clown yesterday? Yeah, he fired 33 shots. Obviously, he hit 10 victims. He had three additional extended clips. So let's just say he kept unloading, boom, kept recharging, unloading, recharging. He could have continued to shoot people at random because it was a very crowded time in the morning. But it was an inspector that I spoke with, former guardian angel, high-ranking in the police department, and he put, he made it very simple. He said, Curtis... They took a billion dollars out of Lazio, and the city council did that in the summer of 2020. They never put it back. So what we're doing is playing chess here. We're moving cops from one hot spot to another hot spot. We need more police. We need to hire more police. There were no police on that platform. The police were not the first to respond. It was the fire department. And you say to yourself, where are the police? You never see them in the subway. And they never go up and down the cars. They need to have police, transit police, walking up and down the moving cars so that they could spot a potential problem, approach that person, and start doing, guess what? 
stop and frisk. Traffic stops in the street. Stop and frisk. And you will knock this violent crime down immediately. And Eric Adams, it's time you had sit-downs with Andrew Cuomo, Chris Christie, Rudy Giuliani, who broadcasts each day here from 3 to 4. Has the game plan. He already did it. He's not going to him. We've been over this a million times. I know, but He's this man it. knows how to do it. It doesn't matter. And let's, let's stick with Eric Adams because it's, it's interesting that here's a guy who's an angry African-American person who, has, uh, who, who said uh, at times that uh, being a black man in America just doesn't work. You're better off killing somebody or being dead. Eventually the white people are going to knock you down, take you down. But yet, with all of his hate towards white people... He still found a way to be critical of the aforementioned Mayor Eric Adams. He said, what are you doing with the homeless? What are you doing with our city? So I found it interesting. Here's a black guy bent on destroying white people who came out and was critical, like you are, of the black mayor. You know, it's interesting. Uh, You and Bernie uh, and others haven't thought of this yet. He wanted his brother, Bernard to be part of his security detail to protect him from white supremacists. But right, I, I was all this over that. Guy, yes. This guy is a black guy, right. not a white supremacist. <laughs> it's black guys committing the crimes, Eric Adams. Yeah, it's absolutely. not white supremacists but, but, at a white sheet sale at Bed, Bed Bath & Beyond. But what about his criticism of Eric Adams and the way he's treated the homeless? And, and to this guy's point, how basically black people are still where they are in this city. Now, nah, this is a kukulamunga. This is a nut job. We're not going to pay any attention. Shooter. I mean, Eric Adams is doing what he has to do. He just, he doesn't have a plan yet. You see, we were told, I got a plan. From day one, I get stuff done. Never had a plan. Never had a plan for the homeless. Never had a plan for driving down crime. Never had a plan for the anti-crime unit. So he's doing this on the fly, and the problems are overwhelming. When you look at his stats, you know how everybody says, let's look at the analytics. We have more crime now than we did at any 100-day venture of the de Blasio administration. I never thought that would be Amazing. possible. Never Amazing. thought that would be possible. <laughs> no. But if you don't have a plan, all you do is you're like a py- pyromaniac who's a firefighter. Imagine that. You set the fires, and then you run to put out the fires. You set the fires, no bail, right, defund the police, defund prisons. And then immediately, yesterday, you should have seen it as I was standing there. All the same politicos were queued up wanting to do interviews. Oh, I'm here for my peeps. I said, you're the ones who defunded the police, defund prisons. You're the ones who don't want cops to make arrests. You're the ones who put us in this situation. And yet they're all there to do an interview. Oh, how horrible. Oh, it's a city under siege. And they are the ones, the people doing the interviews are the ones who put us there. Absolutely right. Curtis Slewa on the Bernie and Sid show. Yeah, the, the, speaking of white supremacy, I, I, I played the cut of uh, Mayorkas just last week saying that the biggest terror threat was white supremacy. But that didn't age very well, did it? No, of course. And uh, uh, to Sid's point with the FBI, they had him on the watch list. Now, if the FBI and let me just uh, let me just pull a Curtis here on the fly. I'll make up a, a, a you know a, a name for their acronym: <laughs> Fools Being Incompetent. The FBI. If they weren't too busy framing people, like with the uh, Whitmer kidnapping January 6th, or sending like uh, 35 agents to investigate that stupid NASCAR news hoax, I mean, the FBI has dropped the ball so many times, they become a political organization. Uh, what do you, th- I mean, the, the, the NYPD has been neutered because of the bureaucracy, you know, the, the people at City Hall, the City Council. 
But what's the FBI's excuse, Curtis Lee? Well, where, where I and Sid grew up, the FBI acronym used to stand for Forever Busting Italians. <laughs> and then, uh, that's true. Back after, then, that's all they right, did. Then after 9-11, yeah. Forever Busting Islamists. <laughs> oh, that's very good. But think of this. This guy is a screwball, a nut you, job. You left the Irish out. Uh, <laughs> well, that's the right. uh, public enemy number one, who they found in Santa Monica. I hate to hurt your pride there, Bernard, but they found your Boston mobster on six. Street in Santa Monica. Whitey yeah. Bolger, that's after right. 30, yes. After 30 years. Uh, good, very good, good job. Very good, Burn. But think of it. This schoolball, this nut job, who just randomly shot people. We don't know what if he if he had this plan in advance or he just went off. If you are in some cave in Yemen or Afghanistan or Iraq and you want vengeance and you want a third bite at the apple, unlike 92 when you tried to take down the towers, unlike 9-11 when you did... You were realizing how vulnerable we are in New York City, that this screwball with a U-Haul van, and remember the Ryder U-Haul truck that was parked underneath the World Trade Center the first time that went Balooey. Also Oklahoma City, when uh, the guy blew up the, uh, the government building in uh, Oklahoma City. Right, but you're saying to yourself, if you're a terrorist, look how easy it is easy. Yep. to come into New York City and commit crime and carnage. And I wonder... When John Miller was under siege a few uh, weeks ago, how strong is our anti-terrorism unit? Do we have a thousand men and women still in the department dedicated to this task? Because we have early retirements. We have retirements. We have cops being recruited in Florida, D.C. We have a depleted police department. And I think it's time for all of our officials to be honest about the cameras, about how many cops we have, and the fact that we must hire more cops. All right, this is from my friend Lynn Hart, and she's sending out a plea to you, Curtis Lee. Well, Bernard, uh, as uh, he pointed out at the beginning of this conversation, you're Mr. Guardian Angel. She says, across the street from my job or my parking lot is groups of black men congregating all day. They're there at 5.30 a.m. dealing drugs. I've seen them pass guns. Sometimes I've had to literally run through, through uh, fights. Dunkin' Donuts windows three doors down are constantly smashed. Women, including me, have been grabbed, followed, threatened with rape. The commander of the 103 will not put cops there before noon, absolutely refuses. Uh, plus, they change the traffic pattern so there's a fencing and barricade so cops cannot see or pull up. They've got to be on foot. Curtis has mentioned that location over the years. We need more guardian angels there. Where is she talking about? Don Sid Rosenberg. But where, what, what exact place is she talking about? Uh, it's not on Staten Island, nope. and it's not in the Irish Riviera. No, nope. it's not in the Rockaways or Broad Channel or Howard Beach. Nope. 103rd Precinct is right in Queens. Uh, Parsons, right between Jamaica and Orchard Avenue. And who Avenues. went to 103rd Precinct the first day to chastise the cops? Because Eric Adams claimed he caught a beat down there as a, a young boy. You? Uh, I'll never early. forget that. Yep. That was the worst move. To, your day one, you go in and you yell at your cops, in which you should have been patting them on the back and telling them, go out and do your job. Cops, I got your back. That's what Rudy did. That's how he took back the city. That's what Eric Adams has to do to understand. Without the cops being proactive, this job can't be done because we don't have enough cops. I wish people would understand. We took a billion dollars out of their budget. We never put it back. Try to operate a business. If they took a billion dollars out of your budget, you're not going to be as effective. Put the freaking money back and hire new cops. Absolutely. It's so, it seems so simple. Who thought things would get exponentially worse after Bill de Blasio and we have a former cop come in as mayor. Who would have thunk? Nobody. One last question, uh, uh, Curtis Lee on the Bernie and Sid show. 
is that this guy, Frank James, obviously he's a lone wolf, and he's not that bright. Uh, yeah, a black nationalist. Just look at his, uh, you know, his social media posts. How long do you think it is before they nab this, uh, this, this, this loser? They should have had him already. I mean, they, they should have had him yeah. already. Right. I mean, I mean, come on. Who parks their vehicle at King's Highway and West 4th Street in Gravesend? <laughs> come on. You know what used to go down over there, Sid. Uh, I know. I used, to, I used to be over there many, many, oh, many yeah. times. That's right. <laughs> Getting into double trouble. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Gravesend. But, uh, yeah, they should have definitely should have had him. Yep. Well, listen, Curtis, you're terrific as always. Uh, so thank you for coming in this early on the Bernie and Sid Show. And, uh, well... You get out there now and start looking for this dude. You're the guardian angel. You're we the leader of the are. guardian angels. Been going all night. I'm going to be continuing the effort to help the police crack this case and put this guy in jail. Hopefully, some judge and some DA won't say, "Oh, his his parents abused him. <laughs> oh, let's send him for a psychiatric observation and yeah. then cut him loose." I don't laugh. There will be somebody who will make this guy into a sympathetic figure. Trust me, you're 100 percent right. Uh, as Bernie just said, amazing job by Curtis Sliwa coming up next. He's got to be licking his chops this morning after the day that Governor Kathy Hochul had yesterday. One of the big three, and I'm not talking about LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh. I'm talking about Lee Zeldin, Rob Astorino, and Andrew Giuliani. Yes, the aforementioned Rudy Giuliani's son, Andrew, set to join me and Bernie right after this. Handling legal matters is stressful. So, let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77. WABC. For WABC in today's New York Post, as uh, Bernie and I wait on Andrew Giuliani's call, he is traveling. He may be at the airport on his way to the airport. I'm not sure. He is traveling today, but he is going to call in. And then we'll talk to Congressman Peter King coming up at 740 after a great appearance by Curtis Sliwa moments ago. So, as you know, Bernie, uh, every Wednesday, John Katsimatidis, the great John Katsimatidis, love him and Margot, uh, he puts out a color ad in the New York Post advertising uh, usually one of the shows, if not a bunch. Today's happen, today happens to be our powerful evening lineup. Bill O'Reilly, Rita Cosby, Dominic Carter, Frank Morano. Uh, that's on page 18 in today's New York Post. But, but, it's a two-per-Tuesday situation on a Wednesday, Bernie, here at WABC. Because on page 38, I saw this this morning. Here's the quote. If you can afford it, breathing in that ocean air may let you live up to 10 years longer. I know you can attest to that, Bernard. Oh, yes. 
And so can I. That's why I moved to the beach. And I know what he's talking about because I still have the keys in my bag to apartment 22A in these beautiful Ocean Drive buildings. And it's a big, beautiful color ad with those two buildings, the crowded Coney Island Beach right in front. Rent one of the last remaining units and enjoy your summer on the beach. It talks about one, two, and three-bedroom apartments being available, direct access to the beach and the boardwalk, 35,000 square feet of amenity space, indoor swimming pool, all this great stuff. And, again, I stayed there four or five times last summer, no exaggeration. It is a gorgeous, gorgeous spot. Ocean Drive in Coney Island. Check it out. You want a place to live? Page 38 in today's New York Post. But getting back to the guest on today's program, his father, of course, the greatest mayor in the history of this country. Now he's running for governor, and boy, could we use him. Been on this show many, many times. A good friend of ours, Andrew Giuliani. Good morning, Andrew. Welcome back. Guys, good morning. Great to be on with you as always. Yeah, great to have you. And uh, as we said last hour, me and Bernie, you got to be licking your chops today. You never want to use a tragedy uh, as a gain when it comes to politics, but it is what it is. And when you've got a, a shooter on a subway, uh, when somebody is out there, you know, with this bail reform stuff, trying to convince her for years, and then on top of that, your lieutenant gets arrested, it couldn't be a worse day for Kathy Hochul and maybe a better day for Andrew Giuliani. Well, look, I think it just shows the dysfunction that's come out of Albany for the last 15 years, and it shows putting party politics ahead of actually the welfare of the 19.5 million New Yorkers across the state. And the result of it, I mean, when you look just at Brian Benjamin immediately and see the fact that this is a guy who's been in office barely six months, and all of a sudden, uh, Kathy Hochul's top lieutenant gets arrested. This is the person who literally was her first main appointment. And you got to remember, when, he was, when, he, when that was the first main appointment of hers, we all screamed from the top, this is a guy who champion the defund the police movement on top of that he is corrupt now we're finding out it is absolutely disgusting and then you look at obviously what happened on the subway look we all know that the governor actually controls more board seats than the mayor on the mta so you can make the argument that the that the mta the subways the liwr the metro north the governor actually should be the one that's responsible for making sure that that is safe and to see what happened yesterday i think shows this is a governor who chooses not to even acknowledge that crime is a problem. And I go back to her State of the State speech, where she mentioned crime in the 20th minute and never, ever mentioned bail reform. Once she saw that polling is so bad on bail reform, she started to address it, but only at the margins. We can't address this problem at the margins, Bernie. This needs to come in with a wrecking ball into Albany. No doubt about it. Andrew Giuliani on the Bernie and Sid Show. Yeah, it was Ranger fans that uh, that got her some religion, for God's sakes, uh, on this no-cash bail law. But even all of her appearances yesterday, I have to say, Andrew Giuliani, this unelected governor that we have, in, in addition to having bad uh, you know, vetting decisions with this lieutenant governor guy, a BLM and corruption and all that stuff, every time she spoke yesterday, uh, and she was on a lot, she was no paragon of leadership. I mean, it was embarrassing, I have to say. I mean, we have to get rid of this lady pronto, before November, for God's sake. Look, she, she's a continuation of the, uh, unfortunately, uh, what we've seen in Albany for the last 15 years, from Elliot Spitzer to Andrew Cuomo and now Kathy Hochul. Uh, and unfortunately, whether it's corruption, and I think another thing we have to look at is the Hochul family profiting off of this Buffalo Bills stadium deal here. Yep. I mean, if we're yep. going to talk about the corruption 
with uh, Ryan Benjamin, I think we really need to look into this and ask whether or not it's ethical, whether or not it's legal uh, for Kathy Hochul's husband to be making what's going to be a very big paycheck off of what are taxpayer dollars going into uh, this new stadium. So there are a lot of questions, but I think first and foremost, and this is what I really think voters are going to go to the polls with on November, they're going to ask, does Kathy Hochul make me safer? Do I feel safer with her as governor? Here's the one pledge that I can make to all New Yorkers, whether you're Republican, whether you're Democrat, whether you like the congressman, like Rob, like myself, what I am going to ask myself every single day and ask of my staff when we get in the office first thing in the morning, what are you going to do today to make sure New York is a safer place? And when they leave the office at night, what did you do today to make sure New York was a safer place? It is going to be something that we repeat day in and day out, because the truth is any good governor, any good mayor of New York is going to make sure that they focus on crime first and foremost. We'll get to the mayor, too. Andrew Giuliani here on the Bernie and Sid in the morning show. Uh, Andrew, uh, the latest Zogby poll has you two points ahead of Lee Zeldin, 29% to his 27%, with Astorino a distant third, by the way, uh, in the race for governor. So you are on top of that right now early on. So here's the question. We know that Democrats usually win these big political positions, but Hochul has really screwed herself here, or here, I should say. Do you think you're in a bigger battle in the primary against Lee Zeldin or in the general if you do win that against Kathy Hochul? Well, it's, it's uh, you know, look, we're, we're focusing on, on two races, right? I mean, you, you, there is, there's no race if we don't win the primary on June 29th. So you got to win the primary first. You've got to win the battle in order to win the war. Look, you know, these guys, Lee, Rob, uh, these guys are friends of mine, right? And we're going to be friends. And this is what I told Lee when I hopped into the race a year ago. I said, hey, look, Lee, we're going to battle it out like brothers here for a little while, but we'll be hugging and pushing for New York State for the next 50 years together. Uh, with that being said, I think I have the best path in the general of all of them. That's why I, I hopped in the race. I think the polling is starting to show that when you look at some of the independents and Democrats that are attracted to my candidacy, that are not necessarily attracted to Lee's or Rob's. But the good thing that we've been seeing from a primary perspective, every single poll that has not been paid for by a candidate. I know Lee paid for a poll a couple of weeks ago that had him up a million percent or something like that. But every <laughs> single poll that has not been paid for by a candidate has had us winning all seven. It might be eight now statewide polls. And you could go back. Most of them are Siena. Zogby's done a couple. Uh, and, and the truth is, I think what voters are seeing, and here's another thing that I think has really helped us. We had to go through a petition process in order to get on the ballot. We needed to hand in 15,000 signatures. We handed in over 25,000 signatures. That's voter engagement. What I can promise you guys is I won't talk all it touching voters. That's what Andrew Cuomo did. He touched voters. I like to engage with voters. <laughs> I like 25,000 different engagements right there that we get to do. And honestly, it's my favorite part about the whole thing. When I get to talk direct face-to-face uh, to New Yorkers, um, we get to see whether or not what we're talking about is actually the main issue, whether bail reform is the top issue, whether it's the fact that, you know, they're looking at a tax hike uh, for the top rate to be at 63% there's jobs and, and obviously overregulation. So for me, and I think this is the thing that it's affirmed, bail reform and crime is the absolute number one issue uh, in almost every single part of the state. And certainly when we're talking about New York City and Buffalo and Rochester and Albany, it's the number one, two, three, and four issue. No question about it. Andrew Giuliani running for governor of the state of New York on the Bernie and Sid Show. And to your point, the bail reform and crime, I mean, who would have thunk uh, 
after Bill de Blasio, things got exponentially worse here in New York City uh, with crime under Eric Adams. Crime has risen 45 percent, 70 percent on the subways. I mean, he belatedly brought back uh, some of your uh, dad's uh, policies, a weak version of broken windows, a weak version of the anti-crime units. But uh, still, not enough, not enough and no, no good results. How do you envision your relationship with and Eric Adams when you win this uh, seat as governor of the state of New York? Well, you know, Curtis Lee has been helping me out. I don't know if Curtis is going to be my liaison to the mayor's office. That probably will not be his role <laughs> in my administration. That's probably one thing we want. That's obviously a joke. But, um, you know, what I, what I would say is this. I, I do think deep down Mayor Adams wants to figure this out. I think sometimes he gets conflicted between the party politics that we see most Democrats play and actually between what his real job should be, which is, as I said, every single day figuring out what he can do about crime. That's why we see conflicting statements sometimes. That's why he hugs my father's former, you know, successful policies. But at the same time, he plays to the base and calls them racist, even though there's nobody that saved more African and Hispanic American lives in New York right. history than Rudy Giuliani. But I think he would work with a Republican governor to figure this out. And here's what I would do just right from day one to make sure we put pressure on the mayor that he's doing the right thing. I would clean up the subways. I would clean up the MTA. I would clean up the LIRR and make sure that it's a safe and user-friendly experience. Because I can tell you, if New Yorkers have a safe experience on the subway, it's clean, it's a friendly user experience, they go up above ground and they don't feel safe, that is going to put a ton of pressure on the mayor to make sure that he figures it out. So that's something that we can do on day one, Governor, that I intend to do. But I, but I look forward to having a working relationship with him and figuring this out, because I really do think deep down he does want to figure this out. And more than anything, I think his ego is going to come, come into play here. He understands his legacy is going to be that, that crime number at the end of the year. And if he doesn't understand, talk to him, make him understand it. Yeah, no, I agree with you on everything you just said, except for the very end. I think that the political stuff, for some reason, today's day and age, outweighs everything else. It outweighs rationality. It outweighs intent. It outweighs even good intent. And because of that, he's going to be stained and conflicted his whole stay, and it's never going to work. That's my opinion. I think you're right. His heart is in the right place, but the politics are so big these days that even rational human beings who want the best just can't do it. Bottom line. You know, you, you may be right. I, I will say this. As his reelection day ends up approaching uh, and he starts looking at the numbers, my guess is he's going to start doing what is best for him to get him reelected. And I think, uh, again, New Yorkers, the top question is going to be uh, how safe do I feel? So that, that's where I'm hopeful. I, I don't know if it necessarily will be out of the goodness of his heart or out of, uh, out of this is the right thing to do. Right. I think it'll be what is the right thing to do for him. We just need to show him that, hey, the right thing to do for you is to make sure that you're doing everything for the 8.5 million New Yorkers. That's what you need to do. And, and we'll do that from a state perspective because our goal is to make sure that those 19.5 million New Yorkers feel safe in our, in our state. No, no question. Oh, go ahead, Seth. Take it away. No, go ahead. Actually, I know he has to hop on a plane. but uh, yeah, oh, one, no, one. Let's let him go. Let's let him go, then. You have no, one more? I've got, a, I've got another minute over here. We're, okay, we're you know, I, 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 Andrew, I want to ask you, honestly, Andrew Giuliani running for governor of the state of New York on the Bernie and Sid show, it's not a very sexy topic, but it's a very, very important topic, which is energy in, in New York State. I mean, fracking, you had, uh, fracking is a big deal. It would bring so many jobs back. Plus, 
we you know we have the uh, the, the oil natural gas under uh, ground right here. They're doing it in Pennsylvania, right right across the border. Uh, you have the pipelines that Andrew uh, Cuomo would not build uh, during his tenure for a long time. So you have pipelines, you have fracking. He's closed. He closed down Indian Point. You have nuclear uh, power as well. How would Andrew Giuliani get our our energy up here in New York State so that we can rebuild the state and and take advantage of our resources? And really, whenever the the question comes, what are you going to do to rebuild upstate New York, the southern tier? I mean, that's that's the number one answer right there. I mean, we have to allow fracking on the southern tier, and we cannot allow the radicals from Washington, D.C., and New York City to affect the policy coming out of Albany on that one. You know, one of the things that I am concerned about, there was a lot of focus on three of the five propositions that came on the ballot this year in 2021. Three of them were defeated, and and those were what I would call anti-voter integrity reforms that were defeated. So uh, making it uh, now tougher for illegal voting to happen. Hochul is trying to push that through. That's a separate question, uh, a separate conversation. But the second proposition that did pass was simply every New Yorker has a right to clean air. Well, of course, we all believe every New Yorker has a right to clean air. But what does that do? That's going to tie up in litigation a lot of these issues and make it very difficult to get through what we need to from a drilling standpoint. So I really think this is an issue that I'm going to have to sit down with with my corporations council to figure out what is not just a political strategy on this, but what now is actually a legal strategy to make sure that we allow in New York what we've seen in northern Pennsylvania right now. And you, and you mentioned this. If you look at property values just across the border, take Endicott, New York, and then go across the border right there in, in Vessel, Pennsylvania, um, and you will see about a three times difference uh, property value just because they are tapping into the Marcellus mm-hmm. Fault right there, and we are not. Uh, it's an excellent job, Andrew. Exactly. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Have a safe trip. Congratulations on the latest Zogby poll, and uh, keep it going out there, Andrew. Thank you so much. Sounds great, guys. Look forward to talking soon. All right, buddy, take care. Right. See, I don't know about you, Byrne, but every time he's on, every time he's on specifically, and I'll be honest, I've been endorsing Zeldin, you've been endorsing Astorino more than any of those other two guys, my phone starts to buzz and people say, damn, this guy is spot on. He never uh, hesitates. He's got specific answers for everything. Even that last question exactly. you just asked, which was a great question. And a difficult one. Right. And he started naming little towns in New York and Pennsylvania. I'm not sure Zeldin and or Astorino do stuff like that. So I'm just telling you, for me, every time he's on, I get these types of messages. Uh, no question. Very, very impressive, Andrew Giuliani. Uh, all around, look, we have three great, great uh, candidates that are going to run for in the primary as the Republican candidate. What do you mean? Uh, you, what about four? What about uh, the great Harry Wilson? Nah, he doesn't count. <laughs> he doesn't count. I don't they, know who the actually, hell he is. They actually asked me yesterday, my friend Chris Alenzo said, you want Harry Wilson on the show? And I said, hey, I'll put him on when uh, Alvin Bragg gives him the money back. And he said, well, they were college roommates. You have to understand. I said, I don't understand. I don't care. <laughs> I would vote for Mookie Wilson before. <laughs> I would ever vote for this Harry Wilson, whoever the hell he is, who, yes, as you, as you point out or pointed out, uh, praised Alvin Bragg. So he's not an issue. But Andrew Giuliani, extremely impressive. So yes. I'm yeah. so glad we have three great candidates. Agreed. Harry Wilson not only praised Alvin Bragg, Bernie, he gave him money for his, uh, oh, for his campaign, even worse. All right, we've got uh, what a great 81 minutes already. Still lots more to do. Lydia's back today at 825. Beat Bernie coming up at 940. And the great Congressman Peter King. 
He'll be here at 7.40. The hump day edition of Bernie and Sid. Off to a fiery start on this Wednesday. Keep it right here. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. But first. AMAC is the leading conservative advocacy and benefits organization. AMAC gives you access to exclusive benefits, insightful news, and a magazine full of uncensored content. They are pushing back against efforts to defund the police, weaken the borders, and corrupt our youth. But they need your help. Please stand with AMAC at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. On this Wednesday, Passover and Easter coming up this weekend, but tens of millions of Americans don't really care. Because to them, religion does not matter at all, and some despise organized religion. So the question becomes, is secularism a bad thing? If you don't like religion, if you ignore religion, is that a negative? The answer to the question? It could be. Some secular people are excellent. I know many of them, and they do very good things. But others are greedy and self-absorbed. But wait, some religious people are excellent, but others are greedy and self-absorbed as well. The difference is this. With religion, organized or otherwise, there is a belief in a higher power. It is not all about the individual person. And the higher power discourages selfish pursuits, bad behavior. That is why religion is tempering horrible conduct in many places. Some secularists don't buy that, but it's true. If you look at the doctrine of Christianity, for example, harming your neighbor is a grievous sin. I say, if we all loved our neighbor as ourselves... This would be a much better world. Now this. Did you know that cars today have more tech than the first spaceship? Something's guaranteed to break. That's why you need CarShield when you need a repair. You can choose the mechanic. And CarShield gets the rest taken care of. Plans through CarShield even provide rental car options, roadside assistance, trip reimbursement, all at no extra cost. So get covered today and save 10%. Please go to carshield.com slash bill or call 800-391-8888. A deductible may apply. That is the Morning O'Reilly Update. More analysis later on. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere on the 77 WABC app simulcast on Eastern Long Island News Talk. 107.1 FM, ladies and gentlemen. We had a couple of great guests already. Curtis Sliwa, Andrew Giuliani. We will speak to Congressman Peter King, the terrific, uh, great statesman and great guy, Congressman Peter King. He's coming up momentarily. 
But, of course, uh, the big news of the day here in New York, at least uh, the uh, nationwide, they have not caught this, uh, this guy who perpetrated this attack on the subway out in Brooklyn yesterday. Turns out he's a, uh, well, according to his social media, he's a black nationalist, uh, support for BLM and uh, all kinds of anti-white statements. He also uh, threatened, or some, somehow or other, uh, threatened Eric Adams over Adams' homeless policy, according to uh, reports. I have not seen the exact threats, but here is the commissioner, the uh, NYPD commissioner, Keechan Sewell, on those very threats. This is cut 34, Lou. Please play it. So based on some preliminary information, there are some postings possibly connected to our person of interest where he mentions homelessness, he mentions New York, and he does mention Mayor Adams. And as a result of that, in an abundance of caution, we're going to tighten the mayor's security detail. Well, the mayor's in Gracie Mansion. What are you going to do, uh, you know, build another fence? He's, he's, he's home safe and secure. Uh, do you think he should have been out there yesterday, uh, Sid? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, look, first of all, I don't think he threatened Eric Adams. I saw all the comments. He called him out. He said, what are you doing with the homeless? But I didn't see anything that was threatening Eric. Eric, uh, just so you know, Byrne, to your question, it's a great question. She'd been out there, was moments ago on MSNBC with Joe and Mika. So if he get the time to get up in the morning and get all dressed up and go on MSNBC, I know he's sick and no folks would kill him for being out there with COVID and exposing other folks to it. But at a time like this, he 1,000% should have been out there yesterday. He, he just got in the way, really, with these uh, virtual appearances, especially at the press conference yesterday. He was late. They couldn't get the uh, technology going. Uh, but uh, I'm not so sure if he could have – it could have been tenable, uh, as you point out, politically, uh, to go out, you know, infected – and, uh, you know, be coughing on John Miller, the terrorism <laughs> chief or something like that. No, they would have killed him. They, they yeah, Let, let's be honest. He, yeah. I really don't think he could have done it. But uh, And this didn't age well. This was just last week. The Department of Homeland Security uh, head, Alejandro Mayorkas, he said this just last week. Cut 24, Lou. There is a fierce uh, love and dedication and no, responsibility that we have. As well, anyway, Mayorkas uh, said last week. He talked about the biggest threat facing the homeland here is, uh, okay, go ahead, play it. What we in the Department of Homeland Security have assessed is that the greatest terrorism-related threat that we face in the homeland is the threat of domestic violent extremism. And the most prominent threat is the threat of white supremacists. Uh, That didn't quite age well, did it? (laughs) I mean, they keep doing that. What a blanking schmuck. That guy needs to be not only fired thrown into uh, uh, Guantanamo for what he's doing at the border, allowing all these drugs to come up, and putting forward these, these phony threats that we have, ignoring real threats that, are, uh, that actually occurred, for example, yesterday. I mean, this guy slipped through the cracks. He was on the, as you pointed out, as I did earlier, he was on the FBI radar until 2019 when they decided at that time to say, eh, we don't care about this guy. He's not really a threat. They just let him go. Uh, but but the, the the white supremacy thing, it, it does, it does it not just stick in your core? Uh, it, it, it's, listen, almost every crime in this city that I've seen lately, 
Attacks on Asians, attacks on Jews, this shooter yesterday, people getting mugged and hit over the head, people th- throwing feces at people on the subway. It's all black people. I mean, you you want to be honest here? You want to you keep jerking yourselves off. It's all black people. Now, look, I'm not saying there aren't white people in the middle of the country that don't do those types of things. Yes, these school shooters tend to be white. Yes, these guys that go on rampages with AR-15s and kill people tend to be white. But I live in a city where crime is out of control, and you and I report on this crime every goddamn day, and it always seems like it's a black person. So let's stop the nonsense with the white supremacy and talk about what's really going on in this city and across this country. And it's not that all blacks are criminals. Don't even bother saying it. Not even close. But but, but all all crime is being committed, 99 or 95 percent being committed by black, disproportionately by black males. Let's put it that way. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Same thing with the uh, prison population. And the reason is because they're committing the crimes. So John Stewart is out there yelling and screaming about how unfairly black people are treated in this country, this white rich jerk off. He's yelling and screaming about how unfairly black people are treated in this country. And then this guy yesterday go, yeah, he right. He goes out there with a gun and starts shooting people on on innocent people on a subway. White people are are just as much to blame as black people because they're feeding into this nonsense. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and they know better. Uh, John Stewart, when he was saying those things. He's half stuttering because he knows better. He's just pandering. It's sickening. Same thing with Joe Biden when he does that all that crap. And all, all these uh, left-wing uh, white politicians, they make me sick to my stomach. And this Mayorkas is, is one of the worst, the worst of the worst, because of, because of the border. You throw that in there. On the Bernie and Sid show, uh, what, uh, the, well, forget the number. We're going to talk to Congressman Peter King. He's coming up and uh, a lot more. Inflation is out of control. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Terror on the end train. That's the uh, story today. Our next guest, we believe, me and Bernard, and it's our show, so that's all that matters. He's the greatest politician in the history of New York, right there with Rudy Giuliani. Spent the better part of four decades on Long Island, but also did some things for this country, Homeland Security and others, that put him right at the very top of the list. The great Congressman Peter King, here for his Wednesday visit. We love Peter. Peter, good morning. How are you, pal? Good morning, Shay. Good morning, Bernie. Hey, Bernie, it's always great to hear you. So keep, keep it going. Thank you, sir. Yeah, absolutely. It's great to hear your voice as well, i got to tell you. All right. So uh, now that we got those niceties out of the way, you're both beautiful men. I love you both. Nobody said we like your voice. Uh, No, nobody likes my voice. I understand. (laughs) Tell me up up there, you. (laughs) So this this deranged person, Frank James, yesterday, who did this uh, attack at at the Brooklyn subway station, who uh, hates white people, it looks like. What's funny is, is that what he doesn't understand is that white people help create him, because whether it's politicians or media people, all we have across our society today is white people uh, making excuses and, and apologizing. Instead of telling the truth, which is, we've come a long way. We're not a racist country anymore. They make the problem worse. So while Frank James is out there hating white people, what this moron doesn't understand is white people help create him, including one of your good friends, John Stewart. Listen, I totally agree about these, you know, white liberals, white progressives. 
uh, actually progressives of all, all, all races, have done more to create crime in this country, more to hurt the African-American community. You know, we go back to this a million times, but when uh, Rudy Giuliani became mayor, there were two million illegal guns in New York. By the time he left, the you know, demanded, I don't know, but a million and a half. I mean, the fact is the guns are going to be there, and yet he was able to reduce crime, and the crime that we reduced was crime committed almost exclusively against African-Americans. Minorities are victims in 85, 90% of the cases. Giuliani reduced that, saved all those lives. And now all, all that work that was done by Giuliani, Bloomberg, by Bratton, by Kelly, it's all been undermined by people like de Blasio, like the uh, liberals who have cut back on the uh, anti-crime units on the street. And also, even with you know, terrorism, now there's word this guy was on a, a terror list. I don't know if that's true or not. But the fact is, the police had, the NYPD had the best counterterrorism, the, most, the best anti-terror unit in the country, better than CIA, better than the FBI, better than all of them. They used to come to New York to get instructions. They had the best anti-crime units. They were the ones taking the guns off the streets. So when Eric Adams is saying this is all because of guns, the guns have always been there. If you go back 10 years ago, there's probably as many illegal guns on the street then as there are now, but the murder rate was so much lower. The uh, criminals were afraid to use their guns. That's what it's all about. And also, let me just, you know, uh, before we get sidetracked too much, I thought yesterday at the uh, news conference that Keyshawn Sewell had and John Miller that Governor Hoko was so out of line. She was made it like a Democratic campaign speech to use that opportunity to just go off on a rant that made no sense, had no connection to what was happening. And she, I said, absolutely nothing other than this must stop, this must end. Well, the fact is, it's her policies and also the policy of a former lieutenant governor, Brian Benjamin, who brought about much of this. He was the one who wanted to defund the cops. He was the one going after the cops in every piece of legislation. That's why we have the crime. That's why it's there. So, listen, I've known Kathy Hochul in Washington. I was able to work with her. But what she's done as governor, what she did yesterday, to me, at Keyshawn Sewell, right to the point, said what had to be said. Miller said what had to be said. And yet, and she gave this really just... A, Rent that made no sense was so inappropriate, so out of place, and that's why we have to have new leadership in the state. And uh, Mayor Adams has to knock off this constant talking about guns. Yeah, we should get every illegal gun off the street, but we're not going to do it. And the thing is, in the meantime, let the cops do their job. Let them go out and get the guys who have the guns. Otherwise, you're going to have more incidents like we had yesterday and like we have every day. And one other point before I forget it. If this story is accurate, there was in the paper the other day, there was a terrible shooting up in the Bronx. One guy was killed. Another uh, kid was uh, wounded. And the fact that the police asked one of the kids who was there, who was a victim, whether or not he was a gang member. And Eric Adams called up and apologized to the kid's mother. What that kid did, they have to, the, the cops have to ask those questions. You have to ask the uh, questions that may not uh, help people's feelings. But they have to be asked because you had to know, was there a gang influence here? That's the question that has to be to the mayor to call up and undercut the cops by apologizing to the kid's mother because the cop may have hurt her feelings. That's going to do more to undermine the cops than anything. Unbelievable. Congressman Peter King on the Bernie and I'm, Sid I'm show. I'm for the day now. I got all my rants out. Oh, that's good, though. No, those are, <laughs> those are great rants, yeah. by the way. And, yes, every time Kathy Hochul got behind the microphone yesterday, she embarrassed herself in the state. It was just, she is not a leader. She's just awful. And her decision-making uh, with uh, uh, Benjamin, her lieutenant governor, uh, just highlights, it illustrates that. And another thing, Congressman Peter King, the, this uh, 
you know, this is just the tip of the spear, that the cameras were not working at that subway station. I mean, it just points to, uh, going back to Eric Adams, a certain level of incompetence, of bungling, of bumbling. And the fact that this, uh, this suspect, this thug, this racist is still on the loose. This guy's no rocket scientist. He's a, he's 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 really a stupid person based on everything, uh, every indication. The fact that he's still out there and that crime is up under Eric Adams forty five percent. I mean, it just gives the impression to everybody that Adams is isn't uh, all he was cracked up to be. That the media hyped him up to be to this point. Do you do you agree or disagree on that? I, I agree that he. he... That he was the best of the Democrats available. I agree. He said a lot of good things, but he's gotta he's gotta deliver. And like I said, he's he can't keep us undermining the cops. Like when he brought back the uh, anti uh, uh, crime street unit, he went out of his way to say it's not going to uh, be as bad as the ones in the past. It's not going to make those same right. mistakes. Well, those mistakes brought murder down by eighty to ninety percent. Those mistakes. When Ray Kelly, he was commissioner for twelve years during this supposedly horrible time of stop and frisk. At the end of those 12 years, not just was crime down to, uh, again, incredibly low levels. He had a, almost a 70% favorable rating among, among African-Americans. So all this is like a rewriting of history that we lived during in this reign of terror, this racist uh, time. And uh, yes, the fact is that's when African-Americans, everyone, was safer than they've been in years, safer than any other city in the country. So Adams has knocked that stuff off. You have to stand with the cops and stop trying to rewrite write history. And uh, as, as far as the cameras, it's really interesting because the people now who are saying the uh, cameras aren't working, we need more cops, they were the same ones who said, get the cops out of the subways. They were the same ones who say that uh, you know, the police were spying on people. The fact right. is you can't have it both ways. And these people who are now yelling, hey, we want more cops, they were the ones who were defunding the cops and you keep the su- cops out of the subway. And the subways, without going into all the details, I mean, that was, I can tell you, when I was chairman of the Homeland Security Committee and I worked very closely with the NYPD, I think the, you know, the latest numbers I had seen is a thousand entrances and exits in the New York City subway system. You have to have cameras. You have to have cops at those locations. I remember Ray Kelly was starting like, you know, random checks of people coming on the subway. It's the only way you can do it. You have to have police there to do the job. And if the cops' hands are going to be tied, like, again, with the counterterrorism units we had, they were in the communities. You know, they were in the uh, communities where there were large numbers of Muslims, because that's where Muslim terrorists are going to come from. Just like if you're looking for black terrorists, you go to Harlem. If you're looking for Irish uh, gang leaders, you go to the west side of Manhattan with the Westies. I mean, that, that was just common sense. And yet mm-hmm. all that was undone. Uh, uh, you had uh, civil liberties people in the courts trying to block it. You had the New York Times, all these phony liberal progressives stopping it. So now, unfortunately... It's good, innocent people who have to pay the price for this really criminal negligence. I had to convince my son. It took 10 minutes. We take the ferry home a couple of days a week, and uh, I picked him up at his school, Peter and Bernard, on the Upper West Side. Gaby, he was terrified to take the subway because they told him in school what happened, and a lot of parents were picking up their kids early yesterday. And I had to stand outside and convince him for 10 to 15 minutes he'll be safe taking the subway with me. It was actually kind of sad, but... You know, one thing about uh, Rudy Giuliani, I know you listen to the show every day, Peter, and I know you listened earlier this hour when his son was on the show. When here we are, yeah. all three of us being very critical of Kathy Hochul, and deservedly so. Clearly, this is not the job for her. She needs to lose. Have you made up your mind yet, whether it's a Lee Zeldin or Rob Astorino? Andrew Giuliani was just very impressive about 40 minutes ago. Have you made up your mind yet? Yeah, I, I've endorsed Lee Zeldin, but you'll never hear me say a bad word about Andrew Giuliani or Rob Astorino. 
I mean, Andrew Giuliani, uh, if I were advising him politically, I probably would have said start out at a somewhat lower position. But he's, he's a talent. When he spoke at the state convention back in, I guess it was March now, late February, early March, he, he was the best speaker there by far. Now, he didn't get many votes because, again, you know, commitments were made to Lee. And then, of course, uh, Rob has strong support coming from places like Westchester. But as far as a raw talent, uh, I don't want to offend Rudy, but uh, Andrew's really the star of that family <laughs> when it comes to being a guy on stage. I mean, yeah, he, was, he, he was terrific. True. And uh, yeah, On your show today, he said all the right things. And the thing is, you know, not only is he saying it, he will carry it out if he's the governor. I'm supporting Lee. I think Lee will do an excellent job. But there's a, a really a rising talent in the Republican Party is Andrew Giuliani. No doubt. Uh, a a former Congressman Peter King on the Bernie and Sid Show. You mentioned, Congressman, that you were the chairman of the uh, Homeland Security Committee for many, many year, years. You did so, uh, th- that job, ably, uh, protected America. But I want to ask you about the FBI, and you would have some insight into this, uh, how far the FBI has fallen, becoming a, a, really a political arm of the Democrat Party. We saw that in the Trump-Russia collusion. Uh, but this guy, according to reports, is Frank James, was on their radar, as I think you alluded to a l- little earlier, but the FBI, too busy out there framing uh, people for crimes, you know, like the, the Governor Whitmer kidnapping, the January 6th thing, you know, uh, pandering to these, uh, uh, sending 30 agents to investigate the NASCAR news hoax, completely unnecessary. And so they let this guy slip through the cracks. I mean, I think this could have been prevented if we had a better FBI. What say you? I, I would say two things. One, is no doubt it became politicized under Comey. And I was fooled by Comey for a couple of years, uh, but he, he, he was terrible. He and Brennan and Clapper, they were so involved in that whole Russian hoax against uh, President Trump. It was a disgrace. The people like McCabe at the top. Now, you talk about, you know, rank and file, FBI agents are great. Almost all the assistant directors here in New York have been great. As you know, George uh, works at uh, Red Apple. He's a, he, he was a great uh, FBI uh, leader. But, no, it's become politicized. And as far as the FBI uh, uh, terrorists, that's the thing in the past. The NYPD and the FBI would be working together with the Joint Terrorism Task Forces. Ray Kelly would have the cops out in the street. He would have undercover operatives. He would have informers. He would have, uh, again, people working for the NYPD and also assisting the FBI. And that's how you'd monitor, you would follow these people. You'd watch them. you know what they were doing. And you'd talk to their friends and their allies, their you know, corrupt friends. And so the cops knew what was happening. All that has been scaled back so much that, yeah, I would say the FBI should have done more. But being on that list, it's also uh, up to you know, local enforcement to be working. And they can't do it. Their hands are tied. And uh, we have to go back to the days when the NYPD was allowed to do and encouraged to do what it uh, does best. That's to stop crime before it starts, to get the bad guys off the street and uh, just stop the talk about how it's not all guns. Listen, illegal guns, every gun should be, every illegal gun should be confiscated. Every guy using them should get a mandatory prison sentence. But the reality is that's not going to happen. No. The idea is you've got to get the cops out there to get, to get the guys off the street who use the guns. That's what has to be done. Yep. And as far as, as far as terror, as, yeah, it has to be much more, uh, we have to be much more aggressive. And, and don't be ashamed to be monitoring people that are on those, those lists. On a lighter note, in the last 30 seconds, Max Scherzer. Back on the mound for the Mets tonight. For the Mets tonight, how about that, Peter? Yeah, I mean, the Mets pitching has been great. You know, the, uh, you know, the bullpen uh, uh, blew it on Saturday and Sunday, but overall, the pitching has been great. Uh, this guy, McGill, is uh, terrific. Scherzer, 
Uh, he, he's, he's a real pitcher. That's the best way to describe him. He, he does everything. He's uh, got the fastball. He's got the stuff. He's got control. He has eyes that are two different colors. I don't know how he does that. But he's, uh, and the guy's great. He's probably the best player since uh, you know Sid Rosenberg was playing with the Housewives of New Jersey. Uh-huh. Peter King will look for you tonight at Cats at Night on 77 WABC at 5 o'clock. <laughs> You're the best, Congressman <laughs> King. We love you. Thank you so much. Okay, Bernie. Thanks, Ed. All right, Peter. Take care. The great uh, Peter King. Every Wednesday right here at 740 with Bernie and Sid. That's a nice one there, Bernard, of uh, three guests in the first two hours. Yes. Curtis Sliwa, Andrew Giuliani, and Peter King. Still a lot more to do. Lydia's back today. Beat Bernie and more news of the day. Bernie and Sid. We'll be right back. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77. WABC. Day after day, I'm more confused. Yet I look for the light through the pouring rain. You know that's a game that I hate. Come on now. And I'm feeling the strain. Let's hear it. Ain't it a shame? Oh, give me the beat, boys, and free my soul. I want to get lost in your rock and roll and drift away. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Oh. Everywhere on that 77 WABC app. Simulcast out on Eastern Long Island. News Talk 107.1 FM. Also, you can watch us on your smart TVs and your computers at WABCradio.tv. Now, we talked extensively about this uh, racist attack on the subways yesterday, terrorist attack, if you will. I mean, again, Sydney and I talked about it this morning. If the guy was wearing a turban and, and he did what this guy did, you'd be calling it a terrorist attack. So uh, it, this, is a, this is, has all the hallmarks of a terrorist attack, except that the motives are a little bit different in this case. Uh, we don't know what the motives are, but we do know that the guy has a history of uh, black nationalist uh, postings on social media, hates white people, et cetera, et cetera, all those things. He's still on the loose, inexplicably. The guy's no rocket scientist, but he's out on the loose. Uh, the, the fact that we didn't have any cameras in the subway station didn't help, but uh, it should should be uh, quite easy, I would uh, relatively easy, I would think, to nab this uh, loser, especially since he lost his van, but... Probably at John Stewart's house. John's that's probably. Funny. Yo, that's yeah. funny right there, One of bro. these white politicians or white entertainers or one of these white TV people are probably, oh, bro, I get it, man. You're right. Yeah. I, I understand why you did what you did. You could stay by me. Hide out right here. Or, or Joy Reid's house. Joy, well, like Joy Reid even better. Yeah. You yeah. Know, oh, by yeah. the way, I heard uh, yesterday uh, one of the, uh, I don't know, Joy Behar or somebody said that the Whoopi Goldberg it's going to be off the view for a while. Ah, uh, that's because she's shooting a movie. Please, oh, I, I, I saw that too. I'm like, yes, maybe they got her again, but she's shooting a movie. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. Well. Uh, By the way, I, she, I she, the she she turned that uh, Will Smith, Chris Rock thing, Whoopi Goldberg, into a black thing, which nobody else did except for her and that other dope that you played, Tiffany Cross on MSNBC. Will she be talking about the black hatred that Frank James? Uh, 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 portrayed yesterday in this unprovoked attack. Will she talk about that? Nobody will of be course talking not. about it. Of course not. Of course not. We're going to investigate that more extensively later on. He was described as a black male. And then, of course, all the uh, fake news, uh, mainstream media people, they omitted that in their description of this guy. Completely and totally omitted so, it. Right. So does it make you a racist? And the answer is no. Because I do it all the time. 
and I will continue to do it. And thank you to all the folks that have been sending nice messages today. But does it make you a racist if you just come out and say that a lot of people, including black people, are sick and tired of the one community in this country that we continue to make excuses for? Does that make you a racist? Because there's only one community that we continue to bend over backwards to make excuses for. It ain't the Jews. It ain't the Latinos. It ain't even the Muslims. No, it's black people. We're afraid to address the real problems. We're not. And the the real reasons. (laughs) No, no, we're not. Not at all. No. But even uh, even the police commissioner yesterday, she changed her description from uh, blackmail to later on in the night in the press conference after seven o'clock to uh, to dark skinned male. Now, if it, if it was white male earlier in the day, you think later on she would be saying light skinned male? No, I don't change. think so. Somebody got to her and said, "Stop saying I don't know. Stop saying black male." We'll get into that a little bit later. But a couple of other in- items, news items, important news items. One that's important to us is a friend of ours passed away, Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah. He was a funny, funny guy, and he got screwed uh, by the, uh, the, the essentially the woke, the politically correct forces when he made a joke about a tsunami, an insensitive joke. And they, they took away, really, uh, one of his, you know, he, he was very proud of this Aflac thing. And uh, it was just a sad thing, and I, I know it hit him hard, despite the fact that he blew it off. Anyway, he passed away. Rest in peace, Gilbert Gottfried. Uh, also, uh, inflation, inflation up uh, 8.5%. Now, you have this uh, Joe Biden. Joe, this, this guy, is he's a flat-out, bald-faced liar is what he is. Uh, yesterday, he was in Iowa, and he said this. About, now, keep in mind, inflation has gone up for seven months in a row. It's broken a record for seven months, every single month, for seven months, that way before we invaded the Ukraine. But listen to Biden yesterday in Iowa. Cut 16, though. Putin's invasion of Ukraine has driven up gas prices and food prices all over the world. The two largest grain producers in the world, China see, 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 see. and uh, should be Ukraine and Russia, are not doing what they usually do. So everything's going up. We saw today's inflation data. 70% of the increase in prices in March came from Putin's price hike in gasoline. Your family budget, your ability to fill up your tank, none of it should hinge on whether a dictator declares war and commits genocide and half the world away. You believe this? With a straight face, this guy. Putin's price hikes. I mean, continuing with this, and even the, even the uh, liberal fake news is calling this mud out on that stuff. And But by the way, inflation, it, it wasn't supposed to be, it was supposed to have gone away by now. Uh, uh, Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, last fall, cut nine, Lou, please. Supply bottlenecks have developed mm-hmm. um, that have caused inflation. I believe that they're transitory. This is something that will uh, settle down. Transitory. Transitory. <laughs> not once, not twice. That's three times there. She said it a lot more. Uh, transitory. These people are incompetent. They're woke, incompetent clowns. That's who we have leading this country an idiocracy leading the United States of America. It's terrible. And it got worse for Joe Biden yesterday in Iowa. A cut 19, this guy, he was just, I mean, every day it gets worse and worse. Play the clip, Lou, please. Now, as I was campaigning here and I made that commitment, I don't think anybody heard it, but we're back. We're back. And I, uh, my name is Joe, Joe Biden. I work for uh, Congressman Axney. Uh, there she is. We can do these things without raising a penny in tax on anybody in this in this hall. Hall. Uh, yeah. 
in this giant barn. He has a burning tundra, literally. It's burning. Permafrost is burning. He's got a problem. And he's caused, we're not going to let him cause that problem to spread to the rest of the world. You believe this now? I know it gets tedious to play it every day, but it needs to be played. The 25th Amendment needs to be invoked with this guy unless he gets, uh, you know, Hunter and he get indicted in the meantime. It's just, I mean, we're in such trouble. November's coming around in six months, five or six months, but uh, this guy's going to be around for five or six months plus two years. And uh, it's going to be a tough, long slog with this clown. Let me give you I this, mean, too, this uh, from a listener talking about the inflation, which you're doing a great job talking about now. Our good buddy Ralph Napolitano and his brother Tony up at Ann and Tony's in the Bronx on, um, uh, what is that avenue? Got Arthur Avenue. Arthur. Yeah. Thank yeah. you, uh, Lewis. I should know that, right? David Arthur Kingman, Sidney Arthur Rosenberg. He says, uh, Sid and Bernie, three weeks ago, my brother Tony bought a case of eggs for the restaurant for $16. 16. Last week, the same case of eggs, 50 bucks. Wow. Yeah, it's a big problem. Huge. I mean, it's, it's killing the working class. And then he, he passes those, that expense on to the customers. Correct. So rising prices, I mean, it's, it's a really, really... Actually, it's a he hasn't. He said that he's taking, he's not uh, made his entrees more expensive. So he's taking the hit and eventually places just go out of business. Well, he's good for him, but, uh, yeah, a lot of people can't afford to do that, don't have the luxury of doing that. But good for Ralph Napolitano for doing what he's doing to try to, you know, help people out. I mean, this is just – this is record-breaking. I mean, 40 years – when I talk about records, <laughs> 1981 was the last time when, uh, of course, it was Ronald Reagan was just sworn in in 1981, but it was Jimmy Carter's inflation that culminated in that uh, eight uh, – under 8%, under 8.5%. It was over 8%, but it was under 8.5%. That was the last time. Interesting. So it's Democrat. really, really bad. Democrat, right? Oh, yeah, Jimmy right. Carter, of course. Right. Right. But still, as Trump said yesterday, the five worst uh, presidents, they haven't inflicted as much damage on this country <laughs> as this one imbecile has done. It's really, really terrible to the point where yesterday I played this, uh, and it got a lot of play yesterday uh, during the day. So I had it first. I scooped all of you. But anyway, this a Saudi Arabian a comedy bit, believe it or not, state-sponsored uh, Saudi Arabian TV where they, uh, the, Joe Biden comes out to a – well, actually, he's carried out uh, sort of a, in a weekend in Bernie's fashion by Kamala Harris. And a guy is playing Kamala Harris sort of in drag, you know, with blackface on. They would never do that in this country, of course. But uh, anyway, she's dragging Joe Biden to the podium. He's falling asleep. I mean, they're laughing at us. Here's a, just a short version of this. I played it late in the show, but uh, uh, this is cut 14, a short version of this Saudi bit where they're making fun of They're mocking the Saudis, mocking Joe Biden's, you know, his uh, vegetable his state of uh, vegetation right now. Him and Kamala Harris. Please play it, Will. Thank you very much. Today, we're going to talk about the crisis in Spain. Yeah, we're going to talk about the crisis in Africa. Yeah, Russia. Yeah, Russia. Putin, listen to me. I have a very important message to you. The message is... And he falls asleep. I mean, it's, it was actually very funny, but very sad. This is, our, this is the leader of the free world, our president, president of the United States. So without being re- repetitive, we're in big trouble. 
Uh, Miranda Devine uh, last night commented on this Saudi Arabian comedy bit. Cut 20, Lou, please. Our adversaries and friends overseas are mocking him, talking about it, just running the clips, uh, because it seems so absurd that this is the leader of the free world and he is so weak, so frail. And, uh, you know, that Saudi clip, um, that's on Saudi state TV. They have Kamala Harris there as a man dressed in drag who is propping up the president, who is at the very end, she's standing behind him and sort of making his arms move like a puppet. Um, that's pretty frightening. That's the view that people have of the president and the oh, vice president. You know, so what is, I don't have that view. And, and as angry as I've been a couple of times today about making excuses for the black community when something happens and they commit a crime and uh, it's not their fault. It's, you know, the white people and blah, 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 like this guy yesterday. My view of Joe Biden is not frail and weak, even though he is both of those things. My view is a corrupt, uh, selfish bastard. And that's my view. It's very easy. And O'Reilly does this all the time to pass this off as, ah, he doesn't know what he says and he's frail and he's weak. And some of that may be true. Some of that may be true. But I think there's a lot more evil to Joe Biden than there is cognitive issues. That's my view of Joe Biden. That's a very plausible uh, view. Yeah. Uh, you say, uh, well, actually, I, I would say uh, cowardice. Evil, yes. Cowardice can be construed into uh, evil because he's pandering to all these people. I saw a tweet. Uh, it said that the people who are running, uh, the people who are telling Joe Biden what to do are the worst president in the United States. Barack? And yeah. What, yeah, Barack, yeah. Susan Rice, Ron Klain, all these idiots that are surrounding him. And the uh, congressman from Louisiana, I forget his name. Either way, all of them. Uh, yeah, they're 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 pretty much telling him what to do, and he is a selfish, corrupt, a race baiting bastard, lying, bull faced liar, all those things. That's right. But he's also now senile. On top of all that stuff, he is completely and totally senile. So when he goes overseas, and he blurts stuff out, and he, he, he endangers national security. I mean, that senility is, is, is part of the problem. Well, let me ask you this. I really believe that you know George Bush, for example, went into Iraq, and you were the maybe the only person. Democrat or Republican, I say this all the time, the only person I heard, including Trump, who, who, who lied uh, he, on Howard Stone, he did say he wanted to go into Iraq. You were the only person I ever heard that said they shouldn't do it, to give you credit for that, okay? Um, but I also believe that it was Wolfowitz and Cheney and Rumsfeld and all the people around George Bush that convinced them there were weapons of mass destruction. Do you really believe that Joe Biden thinks there's an issue with white supremacy in this country? Or much like Bush was duped by his own people, Biden is buying the rest of his folks nonsense? No, that, that, that's evil, A, and that's also cowardice. That's pandering. No, I don't believe he thinks that. I don't believe Mayorkas thinks that. I don't believe any of them believe that. In fact, there's no evidence that that's the case. As a matter of fact, there's so little racism in this country, we have to manufacture hoaxes. And uh, we've seen them one after the other. So, so your point is well taken. No, he does not believe it. But all of these things, as you point out, can and I, I posit are true. What uh, he's evil, corrupt, race baiting. He's a bastard, and he's also a total, com- complete, total vegetable at this point. It's just terrible. Either way, one more thing here: uh, uh, the the big story uh, the past few weeks, of course, the grooming, the sexualization of our kids. The Parental Rights Act down in Florida, the liberals, Eric Adams, all these people lying, calling it the Don't Say Gay Bill. Nothing like that whatsoever. It's a bunch of uh, perverts and groomers 
and people who want to change this country by getting to, into the heads of our kids uh, that are, are the problem right now. It's very dangerous. But just to show you the passion, uh, uh, now that it's been exposed, and by the way, that may be the silver lining to COVID, is that it, just listen to this singer, John Rich. Remember this guy from Big, Big and, and Rich? Big and Rich, sure. Yeah. He was, the, he was doing a podcast yesterday, and just listen to the anger in his voice. And, that, and this is the way I feel, even though my kids are grown up now. If this was happening, if I, you know, I'm sending them to school, and I th- even remotely think that any of this, is that, that putting this poison into my kid's head, I would be of this guy's anger and passion. Cut 24, loop, please. There is a fierce uh, love and dedication and responsibility that we have as parents. If you step over that line and you start messing with my kids, there is no there is no boundaries anymore between us. You want full contact sport? You want to raise the stakes on what you're doing to our kids and how you're, in my opinion, assaulting them in all these ways? You're going to assault my kids? Why don't you try to assault me one time? I'm going to step in front of these little kids. Now you're going to deal with a, with a grown-ass man and a grown-ass woman who got nothing to lose and don't care what you have to think about it. This is where America's going. Whatever look I have in my eye right now, because I know because I know what I'm saying, I'm feeling it down in my guts. That is what tens of millions, if not more Americans are feeling right now, regardless of their politics, regardless of who they voted for or what they think about Trump or Biden. You mess with our kids. You've got a world of hurt coming your way this fall. Echoing on what a lot of people think, which is why the turnout is going to be huge in November. And we're going to throw the bastards out. We're going to throw the rats out, the mutts, the perverts, the groomers. Uh, because it's, it's that, 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 that type of mentality, that type of sentiment that people have right now. Uh, we don't trust the government. We don't trust anybody. We don't trust education. Nothing. Nothing whatsoever. Lydia Serrano is coming up next. She's back. And we missed her. Uh, so we're glad she's back, of course. we got a lot more news to cover here on the Bernie and Sid Show. 1-800-848-9222. If you want to weigh in, we're coming right back. This is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. Well, as we've been discussing, the NYPD has named Frank James as a person. Welcome back. Welcome back. Oh, thank you. you. I missed you guys. You know what? Before I get to my report, I'm going to talk, obviously, about the Brooklyn subway shooting. My husband and I, we were in Florida, in Dustin, Florida, and we made friends with a lesbian couple. Okay, I'm bringing this up because if you look at them, the lesbian couple, one of them, she had like tattoos all over her. The other girl had the nose piercing and everything. Yet when we talked to them and we got to know them, we had so much in common now. They were talking about how they were worried about their kid being indoctrinated. They're worried about crime. They were from Boston. We were talking about all these things. Yet on the surface, you look at my husband and I, and you look at the two of them, you would think we have nothing in common. Then when I said to them, well, how do you feel about Biden? They were like, listen, he's ruining this country and et cetera, et cetera. I said, okay, so what if it's Trump versus Biden? They said, oh, I I hate Trump so much that I'll vote for Biden instead. Yeah, I say that all the time. Yep. Yes, I say that all the time. Doesn't matter and how they, bad Biden is, that that Trump hatred is so real that yes. uh, that's why there are a lot of Republicans who want to see DeSantis run because the Trump hatred is so real that if you ask that couple the same thing with Ron DeSantis, they may not say that. They may say, "Well, you know, Ron's a pretty good governor here, and maybe yes, but the Trump thing's a real thing that's not made up." 
Well, that's what I asked them. I said, what if it was DeSantis? They said, well, we're here in Florida. What do you think? Of course, like uh, one of the girls, her See? her parents live in Florida. So there you have it. And I said, but why? You know this. I don't like him person on a personal level. Some of the things he says, they said, it doesn't matter. I cannot physically go on record voting for somebody like Trump. And yet we had so much in common. And that's what people need to understand. This is not a right or left thing. This is about a right or wrong thing that is going on in our country. And you see the liberals or whatever you want to call them, the Democrats, staunch Democrats, they don't want what's happening to our country to happen either. They're upset too. No question about it. No, it's a sickness out there is what it is. It's so, of just course, a, I couldn't – even in Florida, I couldn't get away from uh, politics, I know. We, I, yeah, I didn't bad. tell them actually what I, I – I, I told my husband, I said, don't tell them what I do. I just said, oh, I, I work in the news. I work in news at WABC. I didn't really kind of get into it because then – I don't know. I just don't like to talk about politics. The kids are there. They're having fun. But, yeah, they were a lovely couple. And then, of course, I hear about this story. My husband is yelling at me. We're sitting by the pool as I'm, like, doing research on this guy – Frank James, he's the person of interest, left almost 30 people injured. Seven of them are still in the hospital. Ten people were shot. This guy, he's no stranger to law enforcement. He was, he's been on the radar of federal authorities since 2019. Last night, I did a deep dive on him after coming home from the airport, so I'm exhausted. Found out he's a black nationalist, mean, means he hates white people, and he thinks they're evil. I went on his social media. I found his social media. It's a different last name that he has there, and it's the same guy because it's the same picture that the police used for the wanted poster. He has several social media posts about Malcolm X, the messenger of Allah, Muhammad Ali, Black Lives Matter, and the Black Liberation Army. At one point, he even compared black people to what happened to Jews during the Holocaust. Here's just a small portion of one of his many political rants. Kill yourself, kill your kids, because they have a future way on what planet? A future way on a planet, they have, a future. they have no future here. This is a dead end. It's an experiment brought about by a handful of white men because they were greedy. They wanted wealth and power. They didn't give a f- about nothing else. And now it's, it's just the point where it's going to finally fail. It's going to finally, it's run its course. And it can do nothing else but self-destruct. This nation was born in violence. It's kept alive by violence or the threat thereof. And it's going to die a violent death. There's nothing going to stop that. Wow. Yep. I also heard him say, uh, I read that he said, uh, blacks and whites don't, shouldn't be on the same earth or something right. like that. I he mean, did say that. Yeah, he yeah there's that. so yeah, many just, just long really videos. Racist and, and yet, the, the, for me, the amazing part of this story is, is this is nothing new. Black man, I hate white people. They, they've held us down, blah, 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 the same nonsense. Uh, that's nothing new for me. But what I found amazing is he was most critical in his whole piece about a black man, one of his own, furious with the mayor, Eric Adams, over what he's done with the homeless. So while he was... Killing white people and has been for years and years on social media. He came down hardest yesterday on a black man, Eric Adams. That's got to tell Eric Adams, man, I must be doing a really bad job when a hateful, murderous black guy goes on a subway and shoots people and is mad at me. Well, I think this guy killed himself. That's why I think we're going to have a hard time finding him. I was was so dead tired, but he's got all these rants. Uh, I, you know, he has his own YouTube channel. It calls himself like a prophet. And one of his posts was about his belief that Christianity has been a tool used to enslave Christians. So this guy is just completely whacked out. And can somebody explain to me? I heard you mention this before, Bernie. Why is he not being considered a terrorist? I know they haven't completely ruled it out, but. 
clearly this guy sounds like the Wakasaw guy. Why are they so quick? Is it because he's black? Does he have to be Muslim? Yes. Does he have to be white? Does he have to be a Trump, you know, a Trump supporter? Why can they right. not call this guy a terrorist? He has ties to organized groups. No, look for this to disappear. Uh, this is going to be like the Walkershaw thing. It was an SUV in Walkershaw, not an individual. But this is going to just disappear. No, they, they don't want to touch it because of just that. He, if he, he was wearing a turban and he espoused, uh, you know, pro-ISIS, uh, jihad stuff, uh, they'd be calling it a, a terrorist act. Uh, similarly, he did. He espoused hatred towards white people and, uh, you know, black nationalist sentiments, all, that, all those types of things. It should be considered a terrorist act, just plain and simple. It's not rocket science. I, I, I don't know. And then you, you got Eric Adams to Sid's point. He keeps talking about the iron pipeline and gun violence. Listen, you saw there was a, I just read another story about a girl in the Bronx was sitting in her car and she got hit by a, a stray bullet. Yeah. There are shootouts on the streets. How many more innocent black and brown people have to die? How many? You saw the majority of the people in the video, the graphic videos that we've posted on WABC. You could see them on, t- on my Twitter, at Lydia News, L-I-D-I-A-N-E-W-S. You see them, that a lot of the victims, most of them, they're minorities. They're Asian. They're Hispanic. They're black. Okay. That's who's riding the subway. That's who's sitting in the cars. I, why, why do they care more about the black and brown shooters and killers and robbers than they do about the black and brown victims? Uh, well, they're sick in the head. That's the simple, short answer. They're sick, they're cowards, and they have an agenda. That's clearly what it is. But, uh, Lydia, it's great to have you back. Great report. Did you report. guys miss me? Did you we, guys uh, miss yes, me? As I said uh, at the beginning <laughs> of the cast, yes, uh, we missed you uh, eminently. No, I missed you too. And you'll be on tonight. Yes, we missed you both very dearly, yes. But, of course, I, all those- I sent Sid an a, a article about Lizzo. Did you see that? I She's did like see tra- that. Uh, followed, of course, to- by a very nice picture of you in a bikini on the beach in Florida. No, Thank you for yeah, that. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Now, now Danielle's going to come at my husband, too. Yeah, right. I never do that. No, Danielle Get will be fine, but your husband gets nuts. I sent you a, pic- yeah, I sent you a picture of Lizzo in the bikini. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> Lizzo. So, uh, Lydia, you let's. Think I uh, look like Lizzo? Lizzo's no, no, no. She's, oh, she's disgusting. I can't. I, I, I'm enough with her I, already. Please, it's gross. I, I thought it was a good topic because I'm it like, was. why is she promoting like that's body positivity? The woman is one day away from a heart attack. No doubt, she's got sky high cholesterol. She looks. Dis- it's not even about how she looks. She is disgusting. She is so unhealthy, and yet they, you see, E and all these programs. There's even a show. Where she's going to have like the fattest break dancer. So anyway, I, I sent that. She, to you she's I a walking like, coma. It was funny. That was funny what you sent. But that's that's how we are today. We make excuses for everybody. Everybody's offended. Everybody gets upset. And uh, you know what? I'm going to say it flat out. Lizzo, you're fat. And that's the bottom line. Thank you. Okay. Now we're. In trouble. Uh, uh, so <laughs> listen, Lydia will be on uh, Cats at Night tonight Cats at, at night, five yes. o'clock. And she'll be back. Professor and, Dershowitz. Wait, no, not Professor Dershowitz. Today's Wednesday. I don't know who we're going to have. You, you, but never, you never know who's going to be on Cats at that's Night. That's true. Five John o'clock. Katz Katz, John Katzma Common Sense TDs. Because the guy, uh, like he's it. not, he used to be a Democrat. And now yes, he's, no, he's a common even sense. about Democrats. He's that's a common sense about. individual. No doubt about it. Lydia, thank you so much. Talk Radio 77 WABC.
Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show, heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app. Also, you can listen to us out east on News Talk 107.1 FM. And if you want to watch, tune in on your smart TVs, on your computers. It's WABCradio.tv on this happy hump day, April 13th. And it is a happy hump day. It's the middle of spring. The weather is nice. It's warmer than it should be. So we should be happy, except for the fact that uh, tax day is two days away. Oh, boy. Have you filed your taxes yet, Sydney? I have. I have. Okay, good. So you're in good stead. I'm okay with there. The, with the feds. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm actually, you know, tomorrow is uh, our dear friend Joe Takapina's birthday, and he'll be live in studio at 740 to celebrate it. But uh, I'm now six days away, Bernie. You mentioned that today's April the 13th. I'm six days away from celebrating my 55th birthday. In fact, my birthday, as you know, is on the same day as my mom's. That was my mom's birthday present for my father 55 years ago, me. Um, and uh-huh. for some reason, I don't care about age. I think it's stupid. I, I, I always fight with Danielle. She brings up age. and I, Oh, God, please. Now, she has her own reasons, which I should be more sensitive towards in Danielle's defense. But for most people, when they talk about age, I find it to be so ridiculous. If you look good, you feel good, who cares? But 55 is the first time in my life I'm a little freaked out, which is not my nature, as you know, Bernie. I'm never neurotic about anything. You know. Well, you just you just essentially contradicted yourself. Of course, that's what I do yeah. all the time. Sure. Right, right, right. That's right. what makes well, me great because well, I but, do it, but, and then I admit it. But to your earlier point, <laughs> that, that's true. You do admit it. You're an open book. But uh, yes, it is just a mindset, is what it is. Age is an uh, you know it's just an arbitrary number. If you feel right. good, right, and uh, you, in your case, if you look good, I guess it's important to a lot of people. You feel good, you look good, you're healthy, right. I mean, you're doing well, you're doing fantastic. Oh, oh, but I will say this, and I know you're in your 60s, and you also look great and feel great, and you've taken very good care of yourself, and you're going through a battle right now, but you're winning that battle, and you're going to be fine. Uh, the facts are the facts. Hit my 50s, all of a sudden, I can't read a paper, I can't see a damn thing. I had to get hearing aids in my 50s. I mean, thank God my penis is at its very best. But there's some things that do go, Bernie. They do go. Oh, yes. I'm well aware. I mean, I started with the glasses uh, over 10 years ago. And I was shocked because all my life I had way better better than 2020 vision. And I always used to brag, oh, I can see that thing. And now I'm wearing, I'm wearing reading glasses. I'm wearing glasses uh, for, you know, distance. You, and all this like, you wear like four pairs of glasses. I know. <laughs> I wear glasses for a book, glasses for uh, the computer screen, different numbers. And I get, I, I, by the way, I still i am reduced to, uh, or, or I still buy from the drugstores the uh, cheap reading glasses, you know, for 15 bucks a pop. Yeah, yeah. I have never gone to an eye doctor or anything like that. It's all, uh, you know, self, uh, you know. Self med- self eye medical care, I guess I can describe it as, <laughs> right. but uh, it is stupid. But things do go. But you have to have a perspective about it. How many people do you know who have ne- ne- never made it to their fifties? You know, it, it's you say that. It, it's amazing how many times you'll say something, and you know, I don't discuss these things the night before. But I was just talking last night about my three friends, Danielle, uh, Alberto, and Antonio, uh, in their fifties. Alberto and Danielle, Antonio, sixteen years old that you remember were tragically killed in a car crash just two months ago. That was the exactly. worst funeral I've ever been to. And they're gone. Or Officer Rivera, or Officer Mora, for that matter, in their 20s, that showed up to do their job and got murdered that day. So you're right. You know, when you, when you put it in proper perspective, you go, oh, my God, I'm one of the lucky ones. But we can't help but put ourselves, we matter right then and there. And we seem to forget for a couple of seconds how lucky we are. We all do that. But when you take a second... And look at what you're talking about. We're all very, very lucky. Very, very lucky. And speaking of luck, uh, Sydney, uh, yesterday 
at about this time, at about right this time, this uh, this uh, mutt, he, uh, he he was on the subway. He got on the subway, uh, I think, 11 stops away from the 36th Street stop. But uh, either way, we were lucky that his gun jammed, and he had to drop it and uh, go to Plan B or whatever the hell he was doing. But we were very, very lucky. Nobody was killed. It could have been a whole hell of a lot worse. I'm sure he wanted it to, to be. But either way, this Frank James, he's still on the loose right now, inexplicably. One of the reasons is, of course, the incompetence of the New York City bureaucracy. No cameras in 36th Street at Sunset Park subway station. That is totally inexcusable. But that's one of the reasons why he's still on the loose. We don't have a clear shot of this creep. Uh, in any case, uh, yes, we talked about it with Lydia. He is a black male with uh, black nationalist uh, uh, history, uh, ties. He was a Black Lives Matter, Allah, all this stuff. He got a, a major social media presence. The FBI had him on their radar till 2019. They're too busy uh, framing people uh, to kidnap governors, uh, to go to, to, to usher them into the Capitol building for political purposes, uh, sp- sending 35 agents to, to investigate the NASCAR news hoax, that they let this guy go, just like they did with the Sarnayev brothers, the FBI. These fools, these incompetent, bungling idiots, and I'm not talking about the rank and file. I'm talking about the, the new FBI, the political arm of the Democrat Party that went after and, and tried to overturn or actually usurp an election in October of 2016. And, and again, in 2020, with the Hunter laptop, they were part and parcel of that as well. But either way, the guy's a black male, Keechant Sewell. She's the commissioner of the uh, NYPD. Early in the day, she described this uh, individual, this suspect, this way. Play cut one, Lou, please. We will describe him as an individual. He is being reported as a male black, approximately five feet, five inches tall, with a heavy build. He was wearing a green construction-type vest and a hooded sweatshirt. So he's a male black, right? Right. Pretty simple. If he was a male white wearing a red hat, we'd say that. However, the mainstream media, the fake news, male black, and the ones who are normally obsessed with race, totally and completely obsessed with race, everything is race, race, race with these news people. Well, white. But, I mean, let, let's break race down to white. They can't wait. They can't wait to talk about a white school shooter or a white person who grabs a gun and goes to Walmart. They can't wait to say that. Let's be and, honest. Oh, it's there's no question about it. I mean, they, 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 they die for stuff like that. Look at the, uh, you know, you had the imbecile in chief and the uh, dingbat vice president go to Atlanta because the gunman was white. That's the only reason why they went there. Now you have Nicole And they Wallace. lied, too, and they lied, too. They talked oh, about him shooting totally. Asians. He wasn't shooting Asians. He was shooting women because he hated his mother. Right, right. It totally backfired on them. But, uh, but in any case, that's exhibit A to what you were saying. But here is Nicole Wallace on MSNBC, and she's just one Yuck. of many, many who actually, uh, all of a sudden, race is not a topic in her mind because I don't know why. Listen to her description of the suspect. They're looking for a man believed to be about five foot five, 180 pounds, who wore a green construction vest over a gray hooded sweatshirt during the attack. Black male, Nicole? Unbelievable. It was, it was un- yeah, really, Unbelievable. It, is. It, it really is, and there it is. Uh, there's the evidence for you right there. Now, on CNN, John King, he was one of the exceptions. He actually uh, did describe the, the perp accurately, but listen to the way he tiptoed around it. Cut three, Lou, please. Some very important things that we learned. Number one, most importantly, the suspect is still at large. He is described as a heavy set black gentleman, uh, approximately five foot five inches. 
See the way he paused for a second and his it's voice not, lowered? It's, it's not even the pause or the, or, the, or the lowering of the voice. Where I think you're right about this, Bernie, is that he called him a gentleman. He didn't say black guy. He didn't say black pearl. Well, yeah, he didn't yeah, say yeah, just yeah. a black like like Cheech on. So oh. he added the word gentleman, which kind of, it was a little puffery, if you ask me on his part. You know, you're absolutely puffy, right. Puffy, that was puffy, part puffy, of puffy. what he was trying to do is to, to soften the blow of saying black male by calling him a gentleman instead of, uh, you know, just say what it, just say black male. The guy's a terrorist. He t- 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 tried to kill a bunch of people on a subway, for God's sakes. The hell's wrong with these people, Sid? I don't. I, I, and then later in the know. day, you had the NYPD commissioner. Later in the day at the uh, press conference, even she started to change up her language. A cut five. This is Keechon Sewell, NYPD commissioner. Cut five, Lou, please. The suspect is a dark-skinned male and was wearing a neon orange vest and a gray-colored sweatshirt. We do have a person of interest in this investigation. Dark-skinned male. Now, somebody told her to change the way she described it because that was the, 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 that was one of the things that was evolving throughout the day yesterday yeah. was the description and the fact that he's a black male. Dark-skinned male. This, I mean, if I ever committed yeah. a heinous crime, which I would never do, I've committed... You know, petty crimes in the past, uh, nothing major, thank God. I've been to jail but not prison, and my days of doing that stuff is over. But you would describe me as a dark-skinned male. I mean, who's darker than me? Not even George that's, Hamilton. That's a great point. Great point. It's <laughs> not accurate. Guy? It is not accurate no. to say black male is much more accurate. And by the way, while she said that, they had pictures up of this guy, Frank James, clearly a black male. Uh, so what's the problem? What is wrong? We're calling, you know, calling, uh, I don't want to say what I was going to say but just calling it out as it is. Now, listen, I'm going to move on here in the interest of time. Uh, Kathy Hochul embarrassed herself yesterday, our unelected governor, this pandering coward, corrupt pandering coward. She, 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 every time she opened her mouth, it was just cringeworthy. Cut 29, please. We say no more. No more mass shootings. No more disrupting lives. No more creating heartbreak for people just trying to live their lives as normal New Yorkers. It has to end. It ends now. And we are sick and tired of reading headlines about crime, whether they're mass shootings or the loss of a teenage girl or a 13-year-old. It has to stop. Oh, shut up, lady. That's enough. I can't take it. She actually said it ends now. So just be prepared when, because let's not forget that outside of Frank James, people may not realize this. There were like 13 other shootings and two people were killed here in New York. And Frank James killed nobody. He he wanted to kill people. Truth is, he's not a murderer. He killed nobody. But people were murdered here in New York yesterday. So when somebody dies today, when she says it has to end and it ends right now, remember, she's accountable because it's not going to end right now. Right. She was the one, of course, as you know, to remind you, opposed changing the no cash bail law, which has gotten so many people killed. And she did did uh, enact some changes, very very weak minor changes. Uh, here she is, uh, uh, this uh, Governor Hochul, defending her corruption, which is uh, in putting in the state budget like six hundred and fifty million dollars for a Buffalo stadium that her husband stands to, to benefit and profit from. I'll listen to her defending that. Cut 28, please, Lou. More than they expected. Uh, they thought that it should be 100% publicly financed. The state's share is 43%. But the good news is, is that with the way it's structured, and we have them here for 30 years, this is the team that plays in New York. I heard a lot about uh, this, but this is a big regional asset for so Western New York, as are many projects for other areas. After the first 20-some years, 22 years, it's paid for by the income tax we're deriving from the salaries <laughs> of the players. It's unbelievable. So 
we'll not be on the hook after 22 years. Oh, shut up. Your husband is going to make a lot of money off of this damn deal. Right. That's the issue. There's a conflict of interest. Your husband should drop out of whatever business venture he is in with this Buffalo Stadium. And then you would have the moral high ground. Well, you no, know, he's not with the stadium. He's actually the CEO some, or the boss some of something. Uh, it's yeah. a game. No, it's a gaming group. Okay. So, so he stands to make money from food and merchandise at the stadium plus gambling in New York. I mean, it is so crooked and so corrupt. And, and she's a Buffalo Bills fan, as if we care. And you're right. They're the only football team who plays in New York because the Jets and Giants play in East Rutherford. But, my God, th- this smells of, cor- of corruption. It stinks. It is, it's terrible. It's uh, worse than... Uh, or as bad as anything the smug thug Andrew Cuomo pulled off. The swamp in Albany, as I said earlier, is worse. It's, it's smaller, but uh, it, it's just, it stinks a lot worse than the one, one down in Washington, D.C., if that is possible, on the Bernie and Sid Show, one 800 If you want to weigh in, we haven't spoken to anybody today, any of the listeners uh, on the Bernie and Sid Show, we have a lot more to come. Keep it where it is, please. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Again, heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app. Another hour of the Bernie and Sid Show to come. A lot lot there, ladies and gentlemen. A lot lot more news, of course, uh, local, national. And uh, stick around. Ted Cruz was involved in something that, uh, well, I don't know if it's going to make you laugh, it's going to make you sick, but you're going to want to hear it. Ted Cruz uh, at Yale University entertaining a very indelicate question. Uh, we'll get to that. We'll get to much more on this, uh, well, the subway shooter, bomber, whatever the hell you want to call him, but racist, uh, terrorist, all of that on the Bernie and Sid Show and more if you keep it where it is. Sit in the morning. Talk Radio is on Fox News after a stay on MSNBC. He's unbelievable. But um, if you're watching Fox News moments ago before Eric Adams came on, they were uh, saying that the manhunt continues for the New York City subway shooter. That may be incorrect because now we've got a ton of unconfirmed reports. And I just tried to call Curtis Sliwa about 10 times. It rang twice. Then it went straight to his voicemail. There are unconfirmed reports that Frank James is already in police custody here in New York, and has been for a while now. So uh, depending upon who you believe, and I tend to believe Curtis Sliwa when it comes to issues like this in New York City, they've got him. So if you're watching Fox News, it does say manhunt continues for New York City subway shooter. But according to Curtis Sliwa and others, unconfirmed Frank James is, in fact, 
in police custody. Wouldn't it be something if uh, Eric Adams didn't even know that himself? He may not know. He looks, up by and... the way, he looks terrible. He looks like he's got the COVID. All kidding aside. Oh, he does. Right? Oh, he even, really does. Even with the thousand uh, dollar suit on. Yeah, it doesn't. Uh, maybe the lighting is bad, but his, he looks tired. He looks. Uh, he looks sick. I'm being honest. He oh, looks look sick. at him right now. Yeah, you're right. Right? Doesn't he? Burn? Yeah, he doesn't look good. Does not look good. <laughs> Despite what he says, raspy voice. You know what? Maybe it's better that he stayed And home. it actually reads under his face, Mayor Adams on manhunt for Brooklyn suspect. And again, we, we, we've been told here by Curtis and others that they've already got him. I know that it's unconfirmed, but you would think they would take down the manhunt continues, even if those initial reports are out there, wouldn't you? Uh, well, I guess they're waiting for the confirmation. But uh, yeah. look, Eric Adams needs to answer this question. Why weren't those damn cameras working in the subway station? That's job number one. That's yep. part of the security yep. uh, effort is to make sure the cameras are working everywhere mm-hmm. so you can find perps that push people onto the subway tracks. That they weren't working. How many other subway stations are they not working in? I mean, mm-hmm. just this one? I don't think so. No, that, that's a great question, Bernie. You brought it up all morning long. Great job out of you. But uh, Eric Adams doesn't like the tough questions, as we, you and I found out just here last party. And, again, we gave him credit. You know, we were tough on him, and he... I think he did a pretty good job. I hope he comes back. But he's not great on answering tough questions, which is exactly, as we go to the phones for the first time today, what Sal on Long Island on Line 4 wants to talk about. Good morning, Sal. Hey, good morning, Bernie. And Sid. I love your show. Thank Listen, you. I was hoping that uh, Bernie is going to ask Eric Adams, why did he fire the, that uh, lady who asked him about the uh, uh, mask? Mandates. And, 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 and nobody, and I lost my bet to my wife because I, I bet her that uh, Bernie will ask him that. And, and, and you did, but I love you, Bernie, anyway. And the other thing is, I have a picture taken with Bernie at the Garden City Golf Club, and I would love to have that picture signed. How possible is it for me to have that? Oh, no problem. Send it to the station. I'll be glad to, uh, Sal. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, listen, I did ask him about the uh, VAX mandates and the – the, the stark unfairness of the whole thing uh, with kids and, uh, you know, cops. He put docs over cops and tots is the way I, the way I put it to him. And uh, that was the question. I mean, I only have limited time, but I did ask him about the vax mandates and the unfairness of it. And he, he provided some weasel answer. But uh, why he fired that lady, he would have just said that he didn't fire her. Right, exactly. That, that yeah, uh, you yeah. know, somebody else did. I don't know. I, no. I just, uh, no, actually, I just, we, we both brought that up. I initially said, uh, you know, it's very nice that you care about Kyrie Irving and Aaron Judge. And then you followed that up with the cops over the touch. And then he spoke specifically to you, and he did not answer your question. Here is uh, Joe in Brookhaven, another guest we had on today. He wants to talk about this person. Good morning, Joe. Line two. Hi, Joe. Line two. Hello. It's, uh, good morning. Good morning. You got me, guys? Yeah. Oh, how are you doing? What a great show. I'm listening to everything. But I want to talk about Zeldin and Giuliani. Now, Curtis came out to Bellport next block over from me. Zeldin's my congressman. I have supported him for five years on the radio, Brian calling in, defending him on everything because he objected to the Alexis. But Andrew Giuliani, I started listening to him, and I said, Wow. And the guy next to me that night, when Curtis and them came out to the country club, he said, he's got the hit facts. And I said, I was thinking the same thing. I'm listening to him more and more. And I think Giuliani is the man. And I'm, I'm going for him now, even though I love Lee Zeldin. But he just, he's like watching a science teacher put you to sleep. I think because there's 19 million people in New York 
They'll split the suburbs regardless. And he's an unapologetic Trump supporter, uh, Andrew Giuliani. And that's going to win it, believe it or not. I don't care how many haters you think is out there. Well, well hold on a second. If you're talking about Trump support, Zeldin is getting Trump support more than Andrew. In fact, Zeld, both of those guys went to Mar-a-Lago two Fridays ago on the same day. I don't know if you know that. And uh, Trump was all about Lee Zeldin. So if, you, if you're going to uh, place your vote on Donald Trump, Lee Zeldin is uh, is a guy that Donald Trump always says nice things about. So, but the rest of the stuff I agree with you. You know, look, I've been in Lee Zeldin's camp from day one, day one. Never Astorino, never Giuliani. And every time Andrew comes on, I say to myself, "Whoa, whoa, I love Lee." Not that I've got the wrong guy, but maybe I don't have the right guy. If that makes sense. Every time he comes on, he blows me away. Yes, but Sid, he's running from Trump. He won't even mention his name. He turned coward, even though he objected on January 6th to the uh, fraudulent electors. And I said I'd walk through fire for him. He's trying to play it safe. And right. he's running from, he won't even mention his name. He's running from him. Now, Giuliani's going to get the city vote, which he needs. He's already going to be up a ton of votes right from the get-go. I, I'm telling you, I am unequivocally Zeldin, number one defender the last five years. And I got the tape to prove it. Giuliani is going to win this. Well, listen, that, that's fine, but, but I don't know the, what you're saying. Running away, there's been a public battle that was in the New York no, no, Post no, two weeks he, ago what, about what the he's saying is He's saying publicly Zeldin will not say nice things about Trump. That's not true. He, he, I'm well, telling you, it's not true. Well, that's what the, the caller okay, is. Okay, well, well, he's wrong because on this show, Lee Zeldin said nice things. When I raised the question two weeks ago and I said there's a very public battle for Trump's endorsement between you and Giuliani, and it was in the New York Post that day, uh, Zeldin said nice things about Trump in the Post and on our radio show. So it's not true. Sid, Sid, he wouldn't mention his name. Listen to uh, the I'm not going to listen. You can say it to you ten times. I'm telling you on this radio show two weeks ago, I but, brought that, that uh, battle up for endorsement, and he had about ten nice things to say about Donald it's Trump. It's going to come up again. That's why we have primaries, and that's why the primary process is a good thing. We get to see who is more electable in this uh, state. And Andrew Giuliani appearing on the show this morning is Exhibit A. He, t- he turned the, the call of Joe around. He's quick on his feet. He's smart. He's, he's knowledgeable. Great. He's great. He really is good. And I would posit so is Rob Astorino. Uh, Lee Zeldin also, three great candidates, but they're going to have to battle it out, and we're going to have to make a final decision in June. And we'll, we'll see going forward if Zeldin uh, you know, shies away from Trump because I, I will tell you this, even, even Bo Dietl running for mayor of New York, he ran away from Trump. He just knew what he had to do politically. He thought that he had to do that. And maybe uh, Zeldin's consultants are telling him, you know what, tamp down the Trump stuff. Even though I'm coming on 77 WABC, to him it might be safe to say pro-Trump things. Maybe in other venues he does shy away. I don't know. It's possible that the call is right about that. I'm not sure. On our show he did say pro-Trump stuff. So uh, we'll see as the, as the process plays out. Maria Bernard is in Brooklyn on line one. Good morning, Maria. Good morning, um, Sid and Bernie. You guys are great. Hey, listen, um, didn't this mayor appointed a president of transportation, and his name is Idanis Rodriguez? And why, why is he holding a, a title that obviously nobody is uh, minding the store? And also, I would like if the mayor is listening a little less of socializing, a little less dinners out with nice suits, and uh, pay attention more to our city. Well, here's the deal. You know, you know why he's not listening to your point? He's on Fox. He's on television right now on Fox News. Right? <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, yeah, he, 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 okay, that's good. That's good. He is a, yeah. a media whore. But uh, again, if, if, if there was any day for him to be on TV, today would be that day. Yes. Even though he has no information, and uh, he's seemingly part of the problem as to what happened yesterday. Witness the uh, lack, lack of cameras in the station. I'll tell you what, uh, a guy that really loves this story here in New York is uh, Joe Biden. Because the last couple of days, we're not talking as much as we were just a couple of days ago about Hunter Biden, about Joe Biden and his brother, Uncle Jim, or James being involved in this China-Ukraine-Russia scandal. But, oh, here on ABC, you don't get a free day. Here's Lou in Bergen County on Line 6. He wants to talk about Hunter Biden. Good morning, Lou. Good morning, guys. How you doing this morning? Bernie, you sound fantastic. Keep it up. Thank you. Appreciate that, Lou. You know, there's like a plan A and plan B with this Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, Joe Biden's brother. Plan A was to get this um, out into the forefront so that when the wave comes, supposed wave comes, that the Republicans are not going to be able are not going to be in control until maybe November. Right now, this is the only way to save Hunter Biden's bacon is to get the pardon from his father. Now, if both of these people get indicted and his brother and something really comes down, to me, plan B is I wouldn't put it past Joe Biden, who is literally the stooge right now for the swamp and the deep state, that if worse comes to worse, and I hate to be saying this, but I wouldn't put it past Joe Biden that all of them get on a plane, take some of these other swamp rats with them, and fly into China and turn over Air Force One to the Chinese <laughs> oh, come on. and live there uh, in, in luxury and protected for the rest of their lives. It yeah. sounds ridiculous to say that. Well, it is. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's but it's funny, but it's, it's a little out there. But, uh, yeah. It's ridiculous, yes. They made a fool out of him. I know. Well, no, we got it. We got it. Thank yeah. you for the phone call. Uh, let's talk about the uh, this next guy, Rob Astorino. Uh, Gracie is in Rockland County, Bernard, and like you, she thinks he's the right guy for the job. Good morning, Gracie. Oh, hi, Bernie. Hi, Sid. Listen, I, I believe he's the right guy for the job. Why? Because he almost won four years ago. That's number one. He's a good talker. He's smooth. He's good. And the main thing is... He, he knows what's going on with the border and what uh, the airplanes coming in to Westchester County. Maybe the whack jobs in Westchester, which I know it's the whole state, but we need Westchester if we're going to win in uh, November. We'll wake up and say, oh, my God, we're being invaded. Our, our wonderful life here won't be so good. And that's why I'm for him. Well, yeah, he's been at the forefront of, uh, you know, He's actually been tracking. He he followed a, one of the buses that left the airport that where, where the, uh, the Ill- illegals, most of them young adult males, by the way, where he but he actually followed the bus. It, it took him to a train station. That was the end of the trail. Then they got on a train, and uh, well, that was the end of that. But yes, he's been the, the, at the forefront of that, uh, highlighting it, and it's a big deal for us because they're dumping these people uh, in in the tri-state area. It's going to cost us a fortune. But to your point, he's a smooth talker, all those things. He's a very good politician. He will leave uh, Kathy Hochul in the dust in the same way that Andrew Giuliani might do because he's a great talker as well. He's smart, quick on his feet, 
knowledgeable about all the facts. And the, the, the rap on Lee Zeldin is he's not as uh, he's not as colorful. He's not as uh, snappy or whatever. Even though he has a great uh, record, although Rob Astorino tells us he voted Andrew Cuomo, uh, since he's been in Congress, he's had a great record. He's an Iraq War veteran. He's you know he's voted the right way in Congress uh, down in Washington D.C. for all these years. So anyway, that's why I say the primary process is playing out. Let's let it, let it play out. We can make our early preliminary picks right now, but ultimately it will be in June. That matters. All right, but we got a full line of calls here. Everything from Giuliani has a ton of charisma, normalization of black, Zeldin voting with Cuomo, all these things. But we do need a contestant for Beat Bernie coming up at 940, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Your chance at cash and some cool prizes. We'll take a quick break. More of your phone calls, Beat Bernie, all that still to come on this hump day edition of Bernie and Sid. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Singapore cut. I forgot the words. I like the song, though. Thank you on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere in that 77 WABC app. You're cute, Bernie. You're all cute, I gotta say. Look who's talking, bro. Come on. You're please, don't cute. make me blush. Don't make me blush. <laughs> hey, let's go uh, continuing uh, with the phone call, Sydney. Uh, let's uh, do Joe in Orange County. Joe, you're on the Bernie and Sid Show. Good morning. Hey, Bernie. How's everything going, buddy? I just uh, want, want to tell you thoughts and prayers. You know, uh, maybe years ago it was less of a battle, but now you will be fine. My man. You will be fine. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate and Sid, that. Sid, if I say a couple of things, you're going to say we'll have dinner later. Kings okay. Highway. Okay. And you. Okay. East 12th Street. We're having dinner. We're definitely having dinner later. We're definitely having dinner. <laughs> Is that where you grew well, up right listen, there? Did you grew up right there I in that area? I a transit cop, and I was, I, was, I was a transit cop in the early 90s. Yep under uh, Giuliani, Bratton, and going back then, you couldn't spit on the floor. And people had the perception transit cops are always around. We right. were always around. We were, we were on trains. We were on the platforms. We gave people omnipresence where, you know, the transit cops are down there. There, there used to be a time where you know, supervisors would actually say, hey, go go get me summonses. And I would say, boss, there's no one down there. You know, so, you know, people vote for people that have turned the city in, into shit. Well, you got to dump that. You got to dump yeah, that. You can't so, say so that you can't word. Yeah. But listen, I, I, I'll say this about these subways. It wasn't very long ago. I mean, everybody was touting the subway as the best way to get around the city. I mean, it was. I, I know they're over, way over a hundred years old, but it's still a modern day miracle. The subway system here in New York. I, I'm I mean, still it's amazing, I'm, but I'm still saying that too. I'm sorry. I know it's dangerous. Uh, I'm on it every day. Every day, Bernie. The one, I'll the tell two, you this. or the three. Our colleague Greg Kelly, 
He does not take the subway. Oh, don't, 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 Craig Kelly. I'm, I'm just, he, he, he's the representative of a lot of people. No, he he's will not. not get oh, up. no, he is. Yes, he is. You're right. He My is. daughter went into yeah. the city the other, uh, over the weekend, and I asked her, did you, she went into a store, they went to Manhattan. Did you take the subway? No. No, they would no, not get on the people, subway. No, there are people, you're right. I mean, I even went to a doctor yesterday in uh, Tribeca, and he said he had a bunch of cancellations because people were afraid to take the subway in. But I would also tell you that taking the train from 86th Street on the west side down to Wall Street with Gabriel, we did not get a seat. The The, the train was packed. So while many people are, this, are, are not using the trains and some people are not working in the city anymore, don't kid yourself. There's still millions and millions of people using the trains, oh, no, even no, no, after a shooting. True. And it's still the best way to get around this town. It it's just still, is. It, it is if you don't get, uh, you know, knifed in the process uh, pushed onto the track. How many, people, how, how, many t- how many people take the train and how many crimes are there? Truth be told, for all the yelling and screaming that we do, and there shouldn't be one. So that's what we yell and scream every day. It's still pretty safe if you look at the but, numbers of people that travel. Even of the people that do take the subways, a lot of them, what they do, they stand against the wall. They wait for to hear the train coming in. And then once it gets in, then they make a mad dash for uh, – <laughs> that's true. That, that's actually true. And plus, the, uh, uh, the, the Lyft and Uber, they just – they've been experiencing a rise in uh, people calling them, you know – for example, yesterday they experienced a price surge because the, after the subway, uh, you know, the attack at 36th Street and Sunset Park, there was this a mad surge for Lyft and Uber cars. People said, I'm not going down there. Uh, maybe. And they had to suspend that. The prices went sky high. Of course. And they're sky high to begin with. I mean, I don't know this mad surge. Who could afford to take Lyft and Uber? I can't. I mean, I really can't even afford to take them. But now between gas prices and, like you said, the, uh, the uh, supply and demand deal, who, who could afford to take it? I mean, again, I, I spent $6 yesterday, and I was in three different boroughs. <laughs> I mean, and, yeah. and I didn't get shot or stabbed or raped or, 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 or any of that stuff. Neither did my son. So I, I get it, and, we have to, and it's a problem. Well, it's definitely a problem. But, but I still think it's the best way to travel in New York. It, it, there's no question. And it was, as I said a few years ago, when it was touted as the best way to travel around Manhattan. So it's still true. But there's no refuting the fact that crime is up None. 70% None. since Eric Adams true. took office True, on the true. subways. No, it's true. You're 100% right. And, and that's got to be fixed. I, I do enjoy taking the ferry because there's no crime on that. Lou Rafino could attest to that. It's got to be fixed, Bern. There's no doubt about it. No question. No question. Let's take another call, Sydney. Pick one there. Uh, Bernie, let's go to John in Saddle River. Before we put him on, we've been saying all morning, the one community we seem to make excuse after excuse for is the black community, whether it's a crime against Asians or the Hasidics or this guy yesterday. And it's really bothering me and you. I know that. Here's John in Saddle River. He wants to talk about that. Good morning, John. Good morning, gents. Listen, at the end of the day, this normalization for black crime, we're doing a grave injustice to black people as a whole, number one. Number two, if you look at what the way that they're handling this, uh, let's go back a couple months ago. How about the guy who ran over those folks innocently, children, elderly in Wisconsin? Remember the way that they, the, the, the lame, I won't say main, the lamestream media, they said a car, a truck ran SUV, over yeah. people. Okay, guys? So yeah, no, the and then, the it, day, then it disappeared. It disappeared from the news just yeah. like that, whereas the Atlanta shootings that Joe and uh, the dingbat vice president the, the imbecile and the thing that went down to exploit, they kept that in the news for a long time, even though it wasn't a hate crime. It was the, the kid was sick, with, as Sid pointed out earlier, sick in the head with some sex problems, whatever. But the Waukesha thing, I mean, as horrific and 
I mean, it was more horrific than what happened yesterday here in New York. That was a that disappeared from the news in a day and a half. Yep. A, and at Christmas, a guy running over a bunch of dancy grannies at a Christmas parade, and it just disappears like that because it doesn't fit the narrative. They don't want to say, "Oh, it was a black man." And I think he had some uh, uh, social media posts. He did that uh, were, yep. were you know were racist social media posts. So the whole thing was not fit for uh, you know MSNBC, CNN, or David Muir, Lester Holt, or any of these people. No, uh, you, you make a good point, caller, uh, absolutely right. And they do not do a service to the black community because most black, the majority of blacks, I hate to tell you, are good law-abiding uh, you know, people, really good people. In fact, they're the victims of these people that are committing the crimes that the media is covering up for. Uh, we've seen that, although the blacks do c- comprise a disproportionate number of uh, offenders. That, that's just a fact also. The, the same thing with the prisoners. That The reason why more blacks are in prison is because they commit more crimes, a disproportionate amount of the crimes. They're only 13% of the population, but they commit, I, I don't know, somewhere upwards of 50% of the crimes committed in this country. Wow. Uh, that is a very scary number. Again, Andrew Giuliani was on this show 7 o'clock this morning. Uh, he's the one guy that's not being endorsed by either one of us. Up to this point, we reserve the right to change our minds. I've been endorsing Lee Zeldin, Bernie Rabastorino. But every time this kid comes on, he knocks it out of the park. He impresses the both of us. And we get a ton of calls on this kid, including Lynn, Jericho, Long Island, line six. Good morning, Lynn. Thank you. I think we need someone who we already associate with problem solving and action. And to sell it, you do need charisma. And he has yeah. that. He ha- Andrew has that, yes. And I, I would. Th- no more no. wishy washy talk about hypocrisy and complaining about the problems. Let's get somebody who sounds like they are just as, you know, mad about things as we are and just and have that natural inclination to act. He's that guy. He is the guy, Bernie, that sounds like he'll fight you in a, uh, in a hallway, in, uh, in an alley anytime soon. And, and that is kind of. What we need. And not that Astorino's a wuss, he's not. Or Leap of that no. matter, who's a little more mild mannered than the other two. But of the three, Andrew Giuliani will fight you in an alley in two seconds. That is true. But uh, Peter King made a good point. In other words, your first uh, run for elected office, maybe you should have started at a lower level. That is a consideration. That's a factor that the voters uh, are going to uh, uh, consider. No, he's just saying that because he's endorsing Zeldin, and he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to hurt uh, Rudy and Andrew's I, I think feelings. It's a plausible, valid. It's uh, plausible, but I, I don't think in this case it's it's true. And this kid's ready. No, I, I agree that he's ready, but the voters might say, "Hey, listen, slow down there, uh, you know, uh, carrot top." Right. Let's uh, <laughs> let's uh, l- 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 how about the, the state assembly first, and then work your way up gradually. Right. Right. Sort of like Lee Zeldin did. He right. Was but a state, he was right. an assembly person. Then he was uh, now a congressman. Now he wants to run for governor. But he grew up in a household with Rudy Giuliani. He has lived this. He's eaten this. He's seen this. And by the way, last I checked, the guy that you claim, I don't disagree, is the greatest one-term president in the history of this country. He did not start on a lower level. You got me there, Sidney. That's a good one right there. I like that. (laughs) I like that very much. He went right to the White House and was damn good. Uh, uh, Sid from downtown. Radio 77, WABC. It's time to beat Bernie. It's time to beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. You think you can beat Bernie? Good luck. It's time to beat Bernie. Now, I know that at the top of the hour, we uh, told you guys you've got unconfirmed reports 
We even included Curtis Sliwa's name in the mix that uh, this Frank James is in custody. The police have him. We have not been able to confirm any of that. In fact, now it turns out that may not be true. So before we start this game, quickly, Phil, sit down for a second. What did you uh, What did you find out, uh, Phil, in for the injured Luke Lograno? He's got COVID. What did you find out moments ago? Uh, I see a bunch of reports on Twitter from credentialed reporters in New York City that said uh, Frank James is not in custody despite what some uh, sources are saying. All right. So we've got uh, we've got that. Thank you for that, Phil. Excellent investigative work out of you. Uh, if, if something else changes, we'll let you know before Brian Kilmeade takes over at 10 o'clock. Jay is in Westchester. He is today's contestant on Beat Bernie. He's in the maritime industry. That's always interesting. Jay, good morning. How are you, pal? Good morning. I'm good. How are you? Good. Now, what do you do in the maritime industry? Um, our company ensures a safe and efficient movement of vessels within the port. Okay, very good. Uh, in Westchester, you a big Rob Astorino fan? Uh, honestly, I uh, just moved up here from Texas. Oh, really? What part? <laughs> Houston area. Oh, it's too hot there. God, the humidity is brutal. It is, it is way too hot. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't mind Dallas. Hot. I, I kind of like Dallas, but uh, Houston is brutal. Uh, but, hey, welcome to uh, New York. Welcome to Westchester, and good luck in today's game. Right on. All right, let's do it, Jay. Number one, what is the better-known name of World War? Well, excuse me. What is the better-known name of World War II's Marine Air Squad 14? Or the 214? Um... Um, to, uh, no, um, right, that, that would be I, the. I, 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 I that's okay. One. That would be the Black Sheep Squadron. Sheep. Yeah, yeah. number two, okay. Vlad the <laughs> Third, aka Vlad the Impaler, built the fortress of what Romanian city to try to hold back the Turks? Um. Is it uh, Bucharest? Yes. Very good. Athos, Porthos, and a cologne I used to wear, Aramis, make up what trio? I used to wear that cologne. My brother-in-law, Albert, loves it. What about my dad? Okay, I believe you. Uh, Athos, Porthos, and Aramis. Oh, come on. You know this. At what? Can you repeat Athos? Athos, Porthos, and Aramis make up what famous trio? Um... How many famous trios do you know? Oh, you got to move on. It's the, the Brian, three, mu- like back of the three musketeers. Right? Three. Three oh, musketeers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, I've not known that. That's okay. What former Democratic presidential hopeful said in his 1984 keynote speech at the Democratic National Convention, quote, our flag is red, white, and blue, but our nation is a rainbow? Um, 84... Walter Mondale? No. Two back of I'll give you a hint. He also referred to New York City at one point as Jaime Town. Oh, okay. <laughs> the Reverend yeah. Jesse Jackson. And finally, Jesse Jackson. Yeah. If someone was a bibliophile, what would they collect? Books. Yes. All right. Uh, not a bad job, Jay. You got two right. Putting a little pressure on uh, the man, Bernard, today. Although Bernie never, ever feels the pressure and wins almost every single day. And he's going to win again today. I guarantee you that. Bernie, three right and you win. How about that, brother? Now, because of what you said, you're putting pressure on me. <laughs> That's true. But you will, uh, you'll be fine. Here's okay. number one. 
What is the better-known name of World War II's Marine Air Squadron 214, 214? Uh, 214. The no. uh, 214, the Marine Squadron, would be the Flying Tigers? Wrong, you two-legged back of anthrax, you'll be Jesus. Called the Black Sheep Squadron. By the way, oh my... yeah, Robert, uh, what's his name? Oh. Back in the day, who? Oh, Robert, the oh. actor. Robert, uh, you know, knocked this battery off my oh, shoulder. Oh, Robert Conrad. 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 He used to Conrad, love that guy. Yeah. Yes, yes. My brother-in-law Albert checks in. Though he still wears Aramis. How about that? There you go. The great Al Baker. That's what God, I smell I in the him. bathroom. Cool. No, 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 I change. I wear a Tom Ford now. Oh. I wear Tom Ford. Oh, oh, yeah, that was the yeah. other one. The last week, right? Right. Okay. What Got you smell it. in the bathroom is Justin Ellick's duty. Yeah, well, that's. That could be Aramis. <laughs> it smells like, uh, it smells like bruises. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Aramis. Uh, number two, Vlad the Third Bernard, a.k.a. Vlad the Impaler, built the fortress of what Romanian city to try to hold back the Turks? Uh, that would be Bucharest. Very good. Bernie, Athos, Porthos, and Aramis make up what famous trio? Well, you know, it's funny. I was going to ask you if you guys knew where the origin of uh, Aramis, and it is the Three Musketeers. Right. Well, that's why I brought it up when I answered the contestant, Pat. So you're there already. At two. By the way, a great read, folks, ladies and gentlemen. Even today still st- stands the test of time. It's funny. What about the movie with uh, Steve Martin and uh, Martin Short? Uh, that's probably funny enough, but uh, the book by uh, Alexander Dumas. Uh, t- terrific, terrific. I agree. Uh, one of these next Pass. two when you win. I actually did read that, I believe it or not. Oh, really? Yeah, well, I, I mean, the Monarch knows, whatever. One of the next two and you win the game. Number four, Bernie, what former Democratic presidential hopeful said in his 1984 keynote speech at the Democratic National Convention, quote, our flag is red, white, and blue, but our nation is a rainbow? Uh, I would... You want a hint? I gave. Yeah, I, no, I'll the, take the hint if you gave the well, caller. The, the hint I gave the caller, he still didn't get it right. Is uh, this guy also referred to New York one time as Jaime Town? Oh, Jesse Jackson. Right, right. Were you going there anyway? Honestly, uh, it, he, it, he was under consideration. Him and Mario Cuomo. Okay, it was Jesse. Uh, a couple of other Democrat hopefuls of the eighties. You know, back uh, years ago. Uh, when the Super Bowl was here in New Jersey, you may remember it was the game that Peyton Manning won, the Broncos and the Seahawks. And I did my Florida show live on Radio Row. Geraldo Rivera was there. Maybe the Seahawks won that game. I forget. I don't remember. But um, uh, Jesse Jackson was there with Tamara Holder, our old friend from Fox News, Bernie. And Tamron. She's, yeah, and she said, I've got Jesse. You want to put him on? I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I don't think I like Jesse. I thought he likes me. I'm Jewish. I'm a Republican. I'm in New York. He sat down for 20 minutes. It was a great 20 minutes. And two days later, on Saturday morning, when Danielle arrived in New York to meet me for the rest of the weekend, Jesse was sitting in the Starbucks in the lobby. The hotel was about to leave. And he remembered my name, which I was surprised. He goes, hey, Sid, have a great weekend. And then he said hello to Danielle. I was, what I'm saying is I was pleasantly surprised about how nice he was. But I guess there's a lot of evil guys out there with good charisma, right? Well, I don't know if he's evil. but He's not uh, evil. He's not evil. The problem is you can't understand him. And uh, my quick encounter with uh, Jesse Jackson was uh, at, at 30 Rock. I'm in the men's room. I'm uh, using a urinal, and this big black guy comes in and uses a urinal next to me. It was Jesse Jackson. Oh, how about that? Yeah. Did you and talk to him? No. Nah, You're not allowed because I, I, made that, that. I made that mistake of talking to a guy at a urinal at the Super Bowl in the Orleans, and Deion Sanders started screaming at me in the bathroom. 
What a yeah. douchebag. You know, I, sp- I spoke to uh, Eagles Super Bowl winning quarterback, <laughs> Nick Foles. That's a good story. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thanks. Uh, number five. <laughs> he was wearing Aramis that day. Barney, if someone was a, and you're one of these, if someone, maybe you are, if someone was a bibliophile, what would they collect? A bibliophile, they would collect books. Look at you. Bernie wins final score today over Jay in Westchester, 4-2. to two. Bernie, say hello to Jay. Jay, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you? Could be a lot worse, Jay. A good, good try, two out of four. Westchester County, yeah, where in Westchester? Um, in uh, Cortland. Oh, okay. Yeah, n- nice hood, nice hood. Uh, up in the northern Westchester County. Yeah, not up far in the from... northern Westchester. Uh, yeah, right. Not too far from Tarrytown, right? No, not at all. Yeah, it's a good place. Nice place. I used to live in the Hastings, Hastings on Hudson, which is further down, but uh, along the Hudson, just like, uh, kind of like you. Yeah, nice, uh, nice area. One of our favorite restaurants is down there. Yep. Well, listen, Jay. Uh, thanks for calling. Hey, listen, uh, Rob Astorino was the county executive. What do you think about uh, Astorino, Giuliani, or Zeldin? Um, I actually like Giuliani, from what I've heard. But uh, as I said before, I've recently transplanted from here, from Texas up here. Oh, I see. So, okay, uh, well, so I'm I'm, do- I'm not uh, not as involved as I uh, want to be right now. Y- you are doing things backwards, Jay. You, you people. Yes, are, I am. Yeah. Well. Uh, well, listen. Welcome to New York. And uh, anyway, thanks for the call. Thanks for listening to Bernie and Sid. And uh, we're going to close out the show. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. If you want to give us a call, we're coming right back. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77. WABC. You got to change your evil ways. Today's my off day, so I did uh, shoulders, back, and tries the last three days. I go three on, one off. The great Peter Gordio. From a Gravesend, yeah. he plays Rocco. You know, he uh, he told us that, Bernie. He used to come in on parties. That was a great segment. They have no idea why we don't do it anymore. That's fine. Uh, so I do. I did adopt his philosophy of three on and one off. So today's my day off, and I have to tell you, it's a good look, feeling. It is a great feeling knowing that you had great workouts, and I'm still sore, but I can take the day off. And I'm looking outside, Bernie, and it's like sunny and gorgeous. And today may be the first day. The first day, it's still kind of cool. Highs about sixty-eight. And you know, living on the beach most of your life now, that it's probably eight to ten degrees cooler by the water, if 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 not more, if not more. Uh, but I'm so I'm dying to do it because I moved to a location to have that for the next four or five months. Today may be the first day, even at fifty-eight degrees, I, uh, head to the beach. Just a, uh, like and, and a walk. shirtless, shirtless, shirtless. Obviously. Yes, yes, and, and pantless, but shirtless. I mean, sure. that's that, that's the point to get some sun. I would rec- recommend this. Uh, if you're looking to get sun out by the beach, yeah. as opposed to just lying there and freezing, mm-hmm. take a little uh, jog along the shore. That's what I'm going to do. I'm gonna, t- yeah, I'm going to walk and jog on the shore just for like an hour, just so I can say, hey, I've taken advantage of this. And uh, it's funny because I was back in the city yesterday to take Abe home. You know my schedule, burn. So I had like an hour and a half to kill. So I decided to get a pedicure. I need a pedicure. So I'm at some place two blocks from his school, Upper West Side, you know. And um, I'm sitting there minding my own business, and I hear some old lady, blue-haired old white lady, talking to the girl doing her nails, her, 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 her toes. She goes, eight dead, eight dead. You believe this? 
And so I can't help myself. I'm a yet. I'm a Jew. And I lean over and I go, I, I have to tell you, I think it was eight shot. NPR just said eight dead, but thank you. I'm like, okay, maybe they changed it. Listen, I've been on the train. I just walked in here. Maybe there are eight dead, but last NPR, she must have screamed NPR about three times. And I That's wanted to funny. say, hey, lady, you loud bitch. First of all, stop talking about NPR. That's why you don't know anything right, because they don't know what the hell they're talking about. And, of course, I left the damn place. And I was right. There were eight shot. Nobody died. Not eight dead. But this old lady, this big mouth, the same person that votes for people like uh, Bragg and Hochul and all and, these animals. She's yelling at Nadler and, and, and Rosie's fat brother, O'Donnell. And she's yelling at me at the top of her lungs like I'm doing right now. I'm trying to get a damn pedicure and right in the situation. Uh, this is uh, you paint a very a, a, a disturbing picture. Sid Rosenberg getting a, a pedicure, arguing with some old lady. <laughs> In the uh, nail salon. But all it I mean, does... What, it, what is wrong with this? I know. It does show you how happy I am to be living, Bernie, where I am now, when no one's going to do that, I promise you that. By the way, it's 63 degrees in New York City. It's 57 here by the ocean. Oh, it is. Okay. So, so it's not so bad. No, not so bad at all. Well, I'll see you down by the beach later on today, maybe. How about that? Uh, yeah, you know, you, you run this way, I'll run that way, and we'll meet halfway. That sounds good to me. What a great show today. I don't know who could have done a better job with those two major stories breaking yesterday with the shooting and Kathy Hochul stuff. So uh, excellent job. I had a blast. And we'll do it yes. again tomorrow and take Fadi off. How about that? Look forward to it, Sydney, my man. All the love. All the uh, love enjoy to the you. beach today. You too, buddy. You were great. Bernie was great. Lou Rafino, terrific job. Thank you to Phil filling in for Luke Legrano. You were great. Frankie Diaz with an E. Deb Valentine. Good morning, Jacqueline. We'll be back again tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Till then, folks. Peace. Peace.